you can get to six figures and still be surrounded by people that that are wealthier than you and you, and you keep chasing it and 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 like i said from when i was when i was i can say this when i was what was it like 2000 maybe 2012 2011 i was like yep yeah, cool i'll be happy with 50 bags a year so hi right, guys welcome to another episode of place podcast your host Roman london and carty east and we have a special guest today i mean it's been a minute we shouldn't get this guy on the podcast for a while now so, sir, do you want to introduce yourself? Yo, 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 what are you saying? It's uh, Sufi here. Thanks for having me. It's nice to have you, bro. It's nice to have you, bro. So, yeah, just to, so what do you do? Tell us about yourself. What, do you, what are you into? Just so people can know what you do, what you do for a living or just in general. Yeah, so for a living, um, I'm in the uh, construction industry, uh, working a lot in the commercial commercial world. Um, but from that, I'm just a normal guy. If I'm just a normal guy. <laughs> no one's normal. Everyone's unique in their own ways. So how you been doing, bro? How is this currency treating you? It's good, man. It's good, man. You know, it's just trying to just work it for me at the moment. So I'm blessed to be doing that. Ramadan yeah. um, just finished, so Alhamdulillah, man. Just you know I mean, just yeah, get back into get back into the correct sleeping patterns. Well, do you sleep late as well? You know, it is because obviously during Ramadan, I used to stay up for Sahur, and then oh, it's, just yeah. a bit, a bit, it's a bit messy, isn't it? But um, yeah, and now I'm just trying to get a bit of structure back in. And yeah, you know, just trying to adjust that. You know what's crazy? What's crazy? I messed up because when you wake up and have like a meal in it, yeah. But I always miss that. I always just have the meal in the evening and I have another meal. <laughs> dangerous life, man. Dangerous life. <laughs> That's how I feel myself. No, I, just, I don't even have a schedule though. This this whole like I do every day feels like another day in it. It's just um yes, yeah, it's, it's just everything's just everywhere. Yeah, you know, you know exactly. I'm just trying to just, just, just keep on top of stay waking up on time. That's the thing, just waking up early. I know, but I, was, I never wake up. I, mean, I wake up for work, but that's seriously. <laughs> no, actually, I can't, even, I can't even put out the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, just about. <laughs> just about. Just <laughs> about. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Yeah. The other day, they were like, yo, are you up? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll save you. I'll save you. I just say, you know what? This is going out, so you might want to check your statement. I was about to say this, and I was like, and I realized this is going out in it. So do you know, what? No, it's too late I'll, now. I'll keep. I'll keep some stuff to myself. I'll tell you the. Full, I'll tell you the full story we dropped the podcast. But it's too late now. Yeah, the ops, the ops, the ops. The ops. <laughs> um, I was, so I was going to say, you know, like you, man. Even what you're talking about, waking up and like, uh, I guess going to bed on time. That's obviously a mission, but in general, how are you lot um, dealing with your like productivity and how you're feeling, like in terms of like getting stuff done, more work related, but even like for you, how are you finding that in this time? Um, um, you know what? I think for me, thankfully, work's kind of busy, so enable just to keep going and having a lot of a lot a lot of meetings over Microsoft Teams, so it still feels as if uh, it's still a bit normal, and also I'm with, I'm, I'm with the family as well, so. Most of the time, it gets to next thing you know, it's seven pm, eight pm. You're cooking foods, and then it's just for like a normal day, isn't it? Are you but, finding um, that easy to be consistent with though? Like, because that's one thing I, I've seen some people say that like, at the start of this, I could keep it up, and then mm. going forward, it's like it becomes like quite hard. And also, like, there's always that pressure of like 
still to be productive? Fam, for me, it's just making sure. I've always been the guy that follows structure in it. Isn't yeah. it? I, can, I can only work in structure. So to divert from that has always been quite difficult. So like I said, for me, thankfully, work's, work has allowed me to, to kind of stay on that on that route and, and, and keep busy. And nothing's kind of fallen off. But I guess the... I guess Ramadan had a little bit of a jig-jig, which kind of which kind of jolted back on it. And everyone, I feel like for me, it's just having a morning. I like a routine. I like routine. I don't like routine, yeah. but I like having a morning routine to an extent. That way, when I have like a morning routine, the old day just plays itself. I'm just in control of the old day itself. So for me, having a morning routine is very important. So I wake up, wake up early, do some stuff. Right now, I'm actually waking up at six thirty in the morning. That I'm, I have nothing to do. I wake up very early in the morning, do what I need to do. That way, in the morning, I've got I've done quite a lot in the morning, and the whole day I'm just doing work, and I'm trying to go to bed early now because you know work probably starts very soon. So I'm just trying to go to bed a little early, but right now I'm just working, just trying to be productive. But I mean, productive. I mean, saying product, being productive is some kind of subjective as well. Cause like, yeah, that's the thing. Office man. work or doing personal work or. What sort of productivity are you talking about? I think there's a there's people there that kind of I think I think the conversation has been had with regards to uh, when people talk about the pressures of finding something or doing something with, with, with your yeah. quote unquote additional time. Yeah, but, you know that's 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 just people just. And on that, I was gonna say, so you know that thing about because obviously we have this much time, we have all this time now. Mm. And, what about uh, you, by the way? Because we asked us, what about you? Are you finding? I'm not going to be literally a yo-yo at the moment. That's why. This is why we're bringing this topic. I'm. T- there's no even need to go into mine because it's literally like a yo-yo burst of um, it's not, no. <laughs> burst of consistency. So like, there's a time like everything's like go to bed at a certain time, and wake up, and that's yeah. how I'm getting productive. And then like, yeah, it's just the other time where it's like almost like that holiday mode kind of spiral thing where you're still being productive but yeah. like you um the schedule's not there and i realize mm-hmm. the schedule is hard to be consistent with it so mine is is a best but the thing i was going to add to you is that add to um the, the first conversation is about saying um being productive and having moments because you have you have time in it you're like i want to do something and there's something that we've all might have experienced but we might not have realized it is that um i don't know if it's like if it's just like the uh the current generation but we have this like almost toxic obsession toxic obsession with being productive and it's not necessarily our fault sometimes it's the things we absorb for example there's loads of motivational speakers out there gurus um that always talk about like this hustle culture okay do this do that um some of them are like teo lopez everyone has seen that guy the guy that came up on youtube yeah, yeah, advertising yeah. his book in his um advertising everyone is a mentor exactly like a mentor there's he, there's what's it called Dan Locke apparently people ref, ref, um, referring to the people that follow him as a cult because you know, what, you know what, Asian, right? yes yes he's Asian yeah, um, yeah 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 yeah. and there's Kevin David and some and John Christian Chris and there's some other few but the thing is um, I want to ask you before I go any further have any of you um bought a course or like signed up to any of these guys stuff like to, I, I guess to help you be motivated have you watched any of their videos let me start with that have you watched any of their videos I feel like we, we all have to an extent because it was on YouTube right and even if you don't want to, it comes up as an ad. <laughs> so you've got to just looking at YouTube's algorithm as well, though, yeah. if you're watching motivational stuff, they will definitely come up because that's the way YouTube works. So it's not something, it's not random. That makes any sense. It's basically what you're watching on YouTube and it's, it relates to what you're watching Sometimes on YouTube. Sometimes it could be keywords. You can, because sometimes I've just watched, um, a financial video on like understanding like something to do with like finances or like mortgage and stuff. And that still comes up because anything to do with you trying to attain Wealth, wealth and i think they just target that even I if you're do. just researching so it's 
beyond you just looking at motivation stuff, they they hyper anything within that context. Does that make sense? Because I've I've seen um, the amount of ads I get. I mentioned the last episode about like Amazon FBAs and stuff, but this one is more on telling people, like you said as well, um, telling people how to make money is how most people make the most money. But um, so I wanted to, to talk about that stuff about like this kind of obsession with it and how it actually can be looked at as addiction. So the, I've seen examples out there of guys that have spent thousands of pounds, their life savings on stuff, on um, paying for the, the course. I mean, mm. paying for a course and then after that course, they get, they, 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 once they complete it, I guess you get some sort of dopamine for completing it. It makes you feel like, yeah, you've done a lot, you've done something. And then mm. instead of doing something else, they buy another course, then they buy another course, then mm-hmm. it actually becomes a low key obsession. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if any of you bought it, but I just wanted to like discuss that. Have any, any of you experienced them? Um, like, have you actually taken any of these courses? Even not even exclusive to motivational stuff, but any of this? Like, I don't want to call them get rich quick schemes, but stuff that says, "Okay, I'll help you trade." Have any of you I mean, bought that or had any experience with that? I went. You know, that poor dad. Yeah, I went to one of his seminars in Ifra. I mean, was it Ifra? Yeah, it was. Is that is that was it Lee? Oh, Robert, Robert something. Robert, I can't remember his son. I can't pronounce it. Yeah. But yeah, he did, he's kind of that role, Richard Paul, and I went to his seminar like last year, last year or two years, I can't remember. Okay. Basically, the way it's tailored is he goes to this expensive hotel. Like, this hotel was luxurious. It was just mad. I was like, this is beautiful. And they print to a room, they show this video, and they, and they talk about, all right, it's his job. All right, he makes a lot of money, but he doesn't like what he does for a living. This last thing will be dressing in property. Definitely sounds good. And I do a little trick where they be like, oh, by the way, we did a discount for this course. It usually costs like £3,000. However, because you come, you come into this free, free seminar, you pay like nine, $9.99 or something like that. So it's so it's, you get a crazy discount. And yeah. if this is the free competition, like, oh, if you, if you get up right now and you run towards the back of the room, you get a discount. Right. So everyone got up and went to the back of the room. But I was still broke. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I can't even run, bro. I can't even afford this. So, but yeah. what they send it to you is like, Instant gratification and instant gratification, like property game is different because that's a long term investment. Mm-hmm. But to make it out like if you're investing right now, you may make money in the next few months. So everyone believes in it. And I thought everyone, when I went to that room as well, everyone, the target audience in that room were all like, I was a book back there, so you could say, but you could still, you could say my mind state, my mindset right there was just, I should make money. So everyone mm-hmm. in that room was still coming from a lower, Lower hierarchy, lower lower class, not making enough money, but looking for a way to get rich quick. Mm. So looking back, everyone there was, and a lot of people in that room were actually minorities. Like not everyone in that room could actually speak English. A lot of them were just like Italian, French. Yeah, just yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They target that. Yeah, um, and you know they capitalize of that. They capitalize of the fact that you do, like I said, you may not have the most your that your income at the moment, at that time may not be what you want it to be, and you want to. Um, you want, yeah, you basically have the ambition, and they use the yeah. ambition as like of a course, tool. take advantage of it. Yeah, it's, and the thing is, they actually make more money while you're in that state than mm. if you yeah. actually were going to be productive. And the reason why I say that because even I, so what I've done is I actually consumed a lot of um, this motivational speaker called Gary Vaynerchuk a while ago. Mm. But something that I did that I realized was a bit different. I listened to him for a bit, then I stopped listening to him, not because of I like his content, it's because I actually wanted to take action on what he's said. But I realized yeah. sometimes. If, is, if you just over consume a consumer consume then you don't do anything and it's almost like you're, you're it's called like action faking where it's actually worse than procrastinating it's like you're that's actually it. taking all this information but you're procrastinating but then there's the next level which is action faking where you're just continuously consuming with no action therefore you're just literally yeah. funding that motivational speaker 
um, like like their career essentially, and you're not getting anywhere. And that's when they they thrive and they make the most. And I've, I've heard stories of people that have um, been at been at uh, what's it called these courses or these seminars, like what you've done, um, and their their card got declined to pay like a thousand. Um, uh, mm. A course that cost a thousand, and they still were still trying to find a way to pay for it. It yeah. shows you how deep it can be sometimes. No, I was just saying, it's has isn't it? If you're at the end of the day, if you're yeah. ultimately broke, yeah. and somebody's teaching you how to get money this quick, and they're selling it to you as if it's in front of you, you're gonna try to get that, no matter no matter exactly. how many people you don't have. And everyone yeah. forgets these people are great salesmen, like saleswomen. People are just good at mm. sales in general. And that's what they do. And also at the same time as well, even when we spoke about Gary V, and I read this book, and it was talking about like the upcoming of TikTok back then. I don't have noticed about rich people now is they'd like, oh, they always say something like, oh, I cannot put it, they'd be like, invent, they'd be like, oh, use this product. But they'd be like, oh, they was tell you, like, for example, TikTok, basically, like, oh, everyone jump on TikTok. Yeah. But no one actually in those days actually invested in TikTok back then. So it was an investor telling everyone to actually download TikTok and use it. But everyone see, but you saw there's a potential of growth on TikTok. However, as an investor, it makes more money from doing it. But at the same time, it was telling everyone to get on it. That makes any sense. Mm. And he's so him telling do that benefits him in the long term. Yeah, of, in the long term, this investment will yeah gain in um profitability because exactly. everyone's using it. I think exactly. he invested it very early, even before TikTok. Was it called Musically then? I think it was called Musically. Yeah, that's what he said. That's, that's some crazy foresight. That's like before. But anyways, you're right. Like so, he he just he has that kind of what's it called? Yeah, like said foresight um and vision that we just that from his field he like that's his skill. He's, he can forecast. What, what businesses are profitable and invest in them. Yeah. And then he get, kind of sells that information to us. But sometimes, yeah, exactly. we did, um, what you just said is actually a good point. You don't realise that sometimes they're benefit, benefiting from from that same thing, yeah. yeah uh, not, not everything is for free. Come on, man. There's no such thing as making money quick, man. There's no there's such thing. There's a similar case to what just happened. There's something that I, I saw the other day that happened as well. So, you know, like in 2008, when the property market crashed? Mm. Yeah, 2008. Yeah, I wait, I Oh nine oh eight. Um, around that time, there was a, there was a, there was a, there was a story about this investor that in that um, he saw it coming. So basically, he shorted the market, whereas like betting against the market or the industry. And if you are right, you can actually make ridiculous amounts. So he basically did that because he just had the information. He saw the numbers. Was going to big shot. Yeah, um, the big short. I think that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. So the film the remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so something similar actually happened a couple of months ago. But, oh, wow. um, but, it's, but it's relevant to what you just spoke about, about knowing something and then telling people, oh, do this, do this, which in the short term will benefit your actions. So this um, portfolio manager called Bill Ackman, um, he's quite known. He's, um, he manages like a, a I think it was venture capitalist. He manages a lot of funds. Right. No, no, not venture capitalist. That's something different. He manages funds. Hedge funds. Uh, yeah, hedge funds for portfolios. So essentially, he just uses money to make money. How would you summarize it, Sufi? Because I'm trying to... That yeah, it's just, it's, ultimately, they're an investing company. They're an investment uh, fund, aren't they? So they, it depends. It depends exactly what they're investing in. But ultimately, um, people put their savings or whatever investments they have, and they use that money to to try and make more money. Okay. Basically, in only, in only big shot, the guy that was that, that was against the, that was betting against the actual market. the actual market. Yeah. It, it, it was running like an agency as well, where people giving money to invest for them. And it's like, I think if you move on with this scene, someone came back, you give us our money back. Basically, that's what this guy does as well. Yeah, essentially, a hedge, a hedge fund takes all the investment funds yeah. and, and, and yeah. just uses that money to try and make um, a bigger portfolio. And they just, for, and they just own money. shares and... 
they don't exactly own any products, it's just shares and they're just managing a lot of wealthy people as well. Yeah, so they don't really trade like um, liquid assets really. So they yeah, mainly shares, etc. So based on what you just said, because I was trying to fully understand because I did... I didn't know about it, but you've just, you two have articulated it um, quite good. Essentially, all the money for me, um, or majority of the money in his portfolio, he actually used it to bet against the market again. Um, it's, it, um, and he did the same thing that the guy did in, did in what's it called, in 2008. He was betting against like, some securities to say that s- certain markets were going to crash or people would like, default, essentially. But in, the, in terms of what the, the guy from The Big Short did, I need to find his name. Do you know his name, Ron? I think oh yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's Michael Michael Burry, the guy that did it in twenty seventeen. Oh. Mm. So um, he did that, and he made his money over two years. This guy made his money in thirty days. He bet against the market and made it back in thirty days. And why I said, and he made um six sixty four um, billion. He made ridiculous <laughs> amount of money for, <laughs> for his hedge fund. Oh no, sorry, sorry, no, his hedge fund is worth. 64 billion he made 2.6 billion but to make six points 2.6 billion in 30 days is crazy and also can i say that the thing relevant to what you said about is people were, were um what's called they were kind of questioning that he essentially went on the news and said uh what's it called trump should shut down america for 30 days shut down everything put it at home and if if he did that it would have actually so he already bet against the market before that and then he said that so him telling trump to do that would have actually benefited him more Mm. That's why I was comparing it to the Gary Vaynerchuk thing. So what what he bet against happened anyways. But with the fact that he went on the news and told Trump to, to shut down the economy, which would have even made it happen quicker, people were questioning that you kind of... They, 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 they were comparing it, to, comparing it to someone essentially... I'm going to try to explain it in layman's terms. He basically bought insurance... So someone, someone bought insurance on their house in case the house goes on fire. So he then bought that insurance. He, he then bought that insurance. So what he's hoping, in order for him to make money, that house is to go on fire. So essentially, he's, he's saying that the house is to go on fire in, in order to make... He's basically telling someone to set the house on fire so he can make his money back. That's, that's the way yeah. he's done it. So <laughs> that's, that's the best way to explain it. It's, it's more complex than that. But um, yeah, so he told... What, Trump what, what, to what, 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 was this in April or...? No, it was like the, the last month. He bet against it in February and he's just turned the profit. It happened this year. Because I remember the Federal the Federal Reserve in America, they pumped around... Because when the when the actual economy about to crash, because of this whole COVID nineteen whatever, yeah. they pumped around one trillion into the market, to, into the actual stock market to boost it, so everything mm. everything is good. So if you have that information, like you know what, because a lot of a lot of if, I think it was Swiss, was it Sweden they did like a few years ago when they pumped when they when they have Federal Reserve pumped money into the stock market to make everything look good and it just crashes. Yeah. I feel like if you have an information of what is, is going to happen, most of actually like. A lot of people, because I mean, they know the Fed's going to pump money into the economy, so we do just invest in that moment where they know they're going to pump a lot of money into it, and before yeah. it crashes, you get the money out. So in America, that they pump around like one trillion into the into the stock market. So if you know this, if no, it's going to happen. Is they making profit from it? Is they making profit from it? Yeah, especially when you're managing a portfolio with millions exactly. of dollars, and that's essentially what he did. And if some of the things he bet against didn't pay off, he would have lost. I think they quoted it around twenty-seven million a month for a year, like ridiculous amount of money. Because that's how risky the bet was, but it paid off so much. But I was just comparing it to what you said about having that information, that foresight, and then kind of, he was giving information on the news saying, I'll oh, do this, do that, but in the back end, I was actually going to benefit him. Um, but yeah, I just found that relevant to all this time. I, mean, I think that's our stock market works, though. Like, I always use Tesla as an example, because everyone was like, pushing back Tesla's shares. That was the best time to buy it. Yeah. So if you follow the news, whenever they say don't buy shares, buy it. 
because that's that's when it's the cheapest. But when they say, "Oh, buy the shares," it's too late for you to buy them. For example, now when they were like, "Oh, everyone shouldn't buy Tesla, Tesla shares," it was so cheap to buy back then. But now they were like, "Oh, everyone buy the shares," but it's too expensive to buy it. So mm-hmm. when it comes to the media, always go, always just read it between the lines. And a lot of people know this, so they always buy early and sell later. Depends on the depends that that investment strategy is. And even America as well. I think I saw this coming like around March because the stock market was crazy around March. Yeah, we just we just going up. We just go up, 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 and it just crashes. Because look, I mean, the way it works is that I think I think someone told me something like this: what like basically you buy put you I buy something from you for like ten dollars, and I send yeah. it to like send it to Sweden for like twenty dollars. And it goes back to it goes in a circle, and every time it goes in a circle, the price goes up, 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 yeah, up, absolutely. up, until no one can no one else can afford it. It just crashes. And then, but and the time you you sell it and buy it matters quite a lot in order for you to make money, isn't it? Like you have to buy a like you can buy it a specific time and make a lot, and obviously you buy it later and you make loss. Like you have to be quite um. Um, what's it called? Calculated the time you do purchase a stock and return it. From your yeah. example, yeah, everything comes with risk. So ultimately, yeah. Now, if you if you've got capital to risk and you want to buy shares that are on the ground, car, you think actually foresight, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna bank. Yeah, you, you take the risk. You spend a lot of money buying the shares, and ultimately, you could you could be sitting on that for for three four years with with, with yeah. money burning out of your pocket. But if you've got the foresight, you sit on it, and then four years later. Boom! It slaps your money's up. You mean? So it's um, it's all about risk and capital and how how you need to balance that. That's good. About about Sufi, do you do you do you believe in shares? Do you invest in shares at all? Yeah. yeah so I've got um. Yeah. So I do I do safe shares really. So through through the company I work for, um, it's a FTSE two fifty. So we've got a share scheme there. She's got a share scheme there, etc. So that, that that kind of ties that up. And personally, I just go for um for quite safe. Bet shares, so anything that that you won't see a long profit on, but ultimately it acts as a first and foremost acts as a savings account. Um, because if I put money into it, because they're quite safe, there's there's a likelihood that there'll be a slight increase on it, but unlikely that it will fall. So, so bits like that, but not, but nothing too extensive, man. Nothing too extensive. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get into it. Like right now, I've, I think I have a demo. I have a demo account. Mm. I'm still, I feel I'm still very wary of putting real money into it. But if it just, I mean, the way it fluctuates, yeah. but it can pay off like, yeah. I know, I think when the shares went up, it, like, shares now are very expensive to get into, even for our generation as well. Like, investing in like big companies is just ridiculous. But the shares are very expensive. Yeah, like, got, like, we've, got, we've, we've now got like a lot of apps and, and, and technology that kind of make stuff yeah. easy. Like, I think that like, Trading 212 is, 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 is one of the main ones that. What about those apps? I remember, Sue, those apps that you and yeah. one of our other boys was using that you spend. You, it can connect to your card, and you basically every time you spend, it rounds up the change, and it, it right. puts some into like a an account for you or shares or bonds. Can you can you elaborate on that one? Yeah, so it's uh, you know money. It's called Moneybox. It's um oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, Moneybox is an easy way of doing stuff. So ultimately, what it does is you can set yourself a you, you create yourself an account. You set yourself how how the the, the level of risk you want to take with a lot of the with the shares or stocks that you're invested in. So you can be reserved medium or quite risky um and ultimately what it does is there's three ways that you can put money into it or four ways you can put money into it the first is just put lump sum money into it the second is it as sam said it rounds up all the change that you use on your bank cards that you link to it so for instance if, if i had my barclays and i went and bought a, a flat white and it was two pound sixty or round up that 40p and keep adding it 
on a weekly basis. So next thing you know, you've got 20, 30, 40 pounds seeing up of, of loose change. Cause I don't know about you, man, but for me, when I spend peas, whether it be 19 pound or something, in my head already, that's 20 pounds. You see me? So I'll round, it up yeah. anyway. I'll round it up anyway. So it's not going to hurt you. Um, and also you can set up like a weekly, weekly deposit. So what it does is every week, you can do like what, 20 pound, 30 pound, 40 pound, 50 pound. So you just sit down, it automatically takes out your account every week. And then you can also do like a payday booster. So on payday, you can do what, like two bills, three bills, wherever you want, 50 pound, 100 pound. And then it, so then it puts it into this um, stocks account, which which it monitors, it, it invested to different things. I think some of it's property, some of it's, uh, it's, it's large government funds, etc. And And the returns you see, they're, they're all right in it. The main I was going to say, are they, are they um, decent or like, is it almost like a waiting game? Because we've mostly it's, it's a waiting game, but, but you can make, you can make, or, or depending on how much you invest, of course, but you can make up to three, four, five, ten, eleven, sixteen percent, nineteen percent. You see me? Yeah. But, but you've got you've got things like this where you've got COVID nineteen coming around, and ultimately you can be down to minus twenty three percent, so you can be losing the money that you've put in. But, and there's a, is there a penalty for withdrawing that money? No, there is no penalty. There's no penalty for withdrawing money. You just got to give them a notice. Um, and then it withdraws the money. So for me, how it works for me was, although I started this a while back where I weren't really into the investing, I just looked at it as a, as a, as a saving mechanism. So what I've done was yeah. um, just let the money like flow out every week and do the payday and do everything round it up, blah, blah, blah. And then when money gets a bit tight, you look at it, you look at that money box account, you're like, well, oh, I've got a couple of PC in here, you know, let me transfer over. So it just happens every month and it just acts as a, as a, as a, as a pot that sits there. But I know it's, um, <laughs> the people do it different ways. I know there's one that kind of, I think there's a tweet about somebody that linked it that every time they tweeted, it put oh a amount of money a, in the account. There's an app on, so there's an app. They may have done it for an app on iPhone. It's called like IFTT. It's called like if yeah IF triple T. Right. I think it means if this then that. It's like a coding term. It's right. actually real. Real one should be able to attest to this. You know, like when you're doing like the coding like CSS or is it HTML? Um, yeah, but that's at if yeah that's if. Anyways, there's an app that does that, and I remember a while ago I said something like, "If I did this, then on my another app on my phone would be connected." So mm. I'm, I just want to say, if anyone that that could be a, off my head, that's a way that I can logically think they would have set that up, where you can essentially link functionalities in two apps on your phone or yeah. even free to connect together. So every time my alarm oh. goes off, this happens, or it sends a note, it sends this email to this person. So they could easily, and I remember there was even an option for Twitter as well. So yeah, it is. So, uh, uh, where Donny had a uh, Monzo. Every time IFTT, IF triple T. I've used, I used to use it a while ago. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So that's it. Uh, yeah, so what they do is you use your Monzo or whatever bank, and then yeah. IF triple T, IFTTT, and every time this person tweeted, they donated X amount of money to charity. So yeah, see, that's smart. And the thing, do you know what I like about those kind of things is you don't even have to, you're not conscious of it. You don't have to think about it all the time. And then when you come to review it, you, it, it make, it's easy to be consistent with that kind of stuff mm. because it's always happening in the back end. I actually did something similar when I um, used to work in um, Apple and I, I was I was lucky enough to have this option where they took a percentage out of your salary. So the thing, what I did is, as, as soon as I started, I essentially signed up to it. So I didn't even notice the percentage. Hmm. So I think I signed up to the max at the time, which was like 10%. And I was there for like two or three years. So they essentially took 10% out of your salary and then invested it into like, oh, they invested or they purchased Apple shares of it and stocks. I can't right. remember what exactly it was. But essentially, I just did that for um, the, the years that I worked there. And I, I completely forgot about it till I was about to leave. 
And then I just checked my um. They signed. They also signed up to like a trading account to manage your your um your stocks and shares in Apple. So once I left, I saw that there was actually a reasonable amount in there, and that actually helped me when I was like moving houses and stuff. And I completely forgot about it. So it's always like something's good to do something that you don't have to consciously think about all the time. And I feel like you're more likely to actually hit your saving goals or even be like I said. The main things we all will struggle with is being consistent and be more disciplined. So mm-hmm. if you kind of set set a structure up, take it out of your hands more likely to actually yeah hit that goal especially when it's i think when it's also lower funds so when it's smaller funds like you said because you signed up when you started you didn't feel the decrease in your in, in your monthly take yeah so when you don't when it's like small funds they accumulate i mean it's next thing you know you're you, you put aside big money and, and i think that, yeah, that's the best way to do it because i think everyone gets some sort of anxiousness when you've got a save and the, and, and, and the number you're looking at is a big number you're thinking in your head oh, how can i get that um it's always it's always difficult so if you break it down to the 20, 30, 50 pound a week or whatever, it's much more tangible. Yeah, and we do know that, um, so with all this we do know that sometimes some people may not be in a fortunate position to be able to be afford to save that amount. That's but good. we just want to say, if you are, especially with what's happening right now, um, from what, I'm just going to say this, from what has happened in history, although this is happening now, it will pass, but then history always repeats itself. In 10 years or 12 years, there may be another financial crisis. So the one thing I just want to part of there is, we try to learn from now and try to be more prepared for the next one. So Weird. this is probably even more time than ever to, for us to review our funds. I know some people are already doing this like super well. This is not for everyone, but for the few that aren't, and even myself, I still need to be better at this, like my financial like um, knowledge and like knowing what to do and the best ways to save. And, and you know, well, um, this, just... this, I think this time we're having in quarantine as well has kind of made a lot of people realize that money being spent on nothing, you know what I mean? It's being spent yeah. on things. So hopefully now like, the quarantine kind of helps people understand that actually food you're learning to cook more you're spending less eating out you're you're, you're spending less on things you don't really need and, and and you can actually and saving is actually tangible yeah like we need to review everything Hopefully, man. Yeah, yeah definitely let's just look at it let's look at this we just look at this current market as well where things are going yeah like, I, I wish i had more savings just for investment in general because things are mm-hmm. going to be cheaper than it. things are like even properties as well will be cheap I haven't heard that properties are going to be down by 10%. Is that true, Sufida? Yeah, so I think they're saying, I think people like that, Frank and Savills are saying probably to the end of, towards the end of the year, between 5 5%, but it will look to pick back up um, start of 2021, first quarter. Okay, but that's, not, that's very short then. Yeah, it's short, but I think, I think what happens is, I think short term, a lot of people are going to struggle, uh, but we've got all these mortgage holidays and stuff, which, which stops houses being repossessed and, and cheaper. That's only for three months at the moment. Correct, yeah, but I think what happened is that the government, if, if the government, if, if it keeps going this way, the government have got to kind of extend that process because what happens is if you don't extend that, people will struggle with their mortgages, houses get repossessed, and the economy kind of starts failing. So they've got to extend that as long as they can to to really support their economy. Um, so I think house prices are, I think house prices are going to fluctuate, but nothing crazy, man. I think there's only going to be people that are under pressure to sell, um, but it's difficult to, to kind of predict. But yeah, about 5%. But if um if this stuff does persist on and furloughs has to be increased and um I mean yeah further the furlough furlough um, period has to be increased and all this sort of obviously back in to help the economy, mm. how is the government going to make that's still something that I've, I've obviously I know it's probably going to be through taxes and stuff but logically how are they going to yeah like balance those 
the deficit there's going to be in the and the debt that they owe due to supporting people for like it could be six months. If I was going to be madness, I don't like. I think they were predicting 124 billion is what is, is what the government have got. And that's that's just the UK, right? That's the UK. That's how much the UK are going to spend to um to 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 save the economy during this crisis or or, or for the COVID nineteen structure, whether it be furlough, whether it be the self employed staff, whether it be the um, any 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 scheme they have that regards yeah. to COVID nineteen, they're looking at one hundred twenty four billion, and and I think the only way they can make that money will we'll be paying for the rest of our lives, and that be through through um, through increasing tax. It could be through anything really, yeah. increasing travel. You see the congestion charge. Congestion charge already gone yeah. up. <laughs> that's, that's one way to do it. Um, also, uh, from what Ruan said about the property stuff, there was a there's loads of people, but there was a there's a, like a well known YouTuber called Graham Stevens. He actually started this whole like property portfolio from purchasing um, a house from um, I think it was the bank. What's it called when the bank is selling the house? Uh, it's not liquidation oh, or something. Not liquidation. That's when. What's the word? When the bank. So the the the, the person that owned the house defaulted on their on their what's it called on their mortgage, the mortgage payment. So then the house owns it it's called foreclosure that's it yeah, foreclosure, foreclosure. Yeah, yeah. so he bought his first property in foreclosure rented it out and now i think he has a property portfolio of multiple houses and also apartments that he rent i, I can't i don't want to quote the exact amount but he's um essentially he's a millionaire now and he literally started from um the last economical crisis because prior to that he saved up a lot of his funds and he was an opportunist he saw the the, the economy crash and he saw that all the houses were cheaper so he purchased it in that time just like you said that in january it might go up so yeah, like this is YouTuber. yeah, the YouTuber Graham Stephen. Oh, yeah. Um, he's just the reason why I even quote him because he's you know he's quite well documented on his process. Mm. I'm pretty sure loads of people did that, but um, he's like yeah, he's documented the whole um process of him even doing that. Yeah, I think, um, I think the um, I think there's on on that um 2008 crash and, and this crash is of course very very different different um economic standards etc yeah like reposition of houses for instance like I said the the mortgage holidays is really helping people to to avoid that. Therefore, less houses are being on auction to buy at cheaper but prices. But prior to this, there was already a property bubble being predicted, and there was already a recession being predicted. Mm. This, the COVID nineteen, only sped up all of that. And the reason why is is a bit different. Like you're right. Like when that when the last period happened, a lot of people did lose their jobs. A lot of people did um, lose their houses, and they, there was no government backing. So this is a very unique scenario. Mm. So it would be just how, how this plays out. But um, yeah, it's bear in mind, kind of similar. Yeah, bear in mind, the other one was obviously down to to the banks and, and, and that economy crashing, really. This is more of a pandemic which is affecting every single industry in business, hence why the government yeah. is, is being involved. And, and and the government, bear in mind, they, they bailed out the banks with, with, with was it 2 billion, 3 billion last year, uh, last economic crash. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw it was a few, a few bins. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting, but hopefully nothing too much, man. But do you think, do you, do you think, do you feel like UK and America have a bit of recessions? Have they what's already been think, through recessions? Do you think UK and America are ever prepared or have something in place in case of a recession? I don't know, man. It's um, it's a tough one. I don't know. I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be a couple of years before everything gets back to normal. A good couple of years. A good couple of years of suffering. I saw that from the so I I saw um some stuff about the last recession and in more in more um on the the subject of people losing their jobs and. Also, like university students graduating around that time that couldn't get jobs because of they weren't only competing with graduates; they were competing with um other other people that are now um, unemployed. And the the common thing I saw that was they could it, they all had to obviously take like, a lot of paying jobs at the start. And then when it hit when it came, so it happened in like 
twenty and two thousand eight, two thousand and that was when it, it was properly felt in the country. Mm-hmm. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, it didn't pick up to around two thousand and ten. Fifteen. Some people said fifteen. That's when they could probably get a job. So it, there's there's like a a, a time of progress there and things can pick up, but it's just we will have to see. But there's always I just want to say, put some hope out there that this has happened before and people have actually came out the other side good. It's just it's just like it's just a rough period that we have to get through. But yeah, the economy will go back up again. It'll just take a few years. It may be even quicker this time, but. We, we, we just don't know because, yeah, we, we don't know what will come up with this. But this has happened over and over again. And I said it happened even before 2008. There was stuff in the 80s, the 90s. That it's always happened. So stuff like, hopefully I don't want this to happen again, but something like this may happen in 2030. We just got to be I thought the UK is in a better place, though, because America, they are, very, they are going through quite a lot right now, just people losing their houses and stuff like that. Yeah, I think we've got, we've got a... Um... We've got a better system in terms of, for instance, like the furlough scheme. A lot of companies, I think America does it a bit differently where they do unemployment benefits where they have to yeah. get fired and then or, or, or leave their job and then claim for the benefit where we have the opportunity here where all we do is our company registers it through HMRC and if you're furloughed, that automatically does it. You don't have to apply for it. The money comes into your account. It's all streamlined. So um, so I think, I think yeah. UK has always been slightly better at handling that because I think America operates states to states slightly differently etc etc so yeah thankfully shout out the UK and they actually they actually run out of money as well in the funds that they had for like small businesses and yeah like people that have um lots of jobs so it's like it is like everyone said yeah it's a very different um system over there I just yeah like I I, I don't know how they're gonna like fix that but they will obviously they're probably, they, like I said isn't 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 everything backed by the yeah, dollar they can they're, they're the biggest yeah. economy in the world it's, it's, yeah. it's fine man they'll go over it they got bigger problems anyway, man. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, on, on that note of bigger problems that they do have, have you... Um, well, I'm guessing you've seen what's happened in the news recently with um, the um, George Floyd and the Amy Cooper scenario. So before we even go into I just wanted to draw that correlation um, of what happened. So I'm just going to explain the Amy Cooper incident first and then the George Floyd incident. So the Amy Cooper incident happened in a park... Um, there's videos of this, by the way, and for more the information we've got so far is that um, uh, a guy was actually turned out to put a dog on a leash, and she was she just wasn't compliant, and then she said she was going to call the police. But the the so the issue here was um, the whole tone and kind of the motivations behind of like why she called police, how she called police, and the the whole like scenario mm-hmm. was just from her part was handled in the worst way. So essentially, when you watch the video, you can hear her saying, "I'm going to call the police and tell them." African-American man is attacking me. And then, um, by, by the way, at the same time, she's still holding a dog in her hand. The dog is struggling to breathe, but she's so focused on putting so much outrage towards this guy that she's not even conscious of that. She's, it's almost like an overwhelming sense of privilege from her, from the actions that we've seen. And you can see this in the video. So then her voice kind of heightens and she she uh, makes it seem like she's even more threatened. And the guy is just standing far away from her on the phone. And she says an African, African-American man is trying to attack me and threaten my life. Uh, so that's that scenario. And then I'm just going to quickly summarize the scenario of George Floyd. Um, they suspected him for forgery because he, he gave in a check-in at a bank or somewhere. And that person called the police on him. And then the police came, four police officers came to the scene. They took him out from his car. And when the CCTV footage leaked, he wasn't really resistant. But in the statement, they said he was resistant. Anyways, cut long story short, um, a video came out of one of the police holding him down with his foot over his neck for five minutes and you can actually see in the footage that he's saying I can't breathe stronger to breathe 
even the person recording the footage was saying he's trying to breathe. But the police officer were um, negligent. So they didn't even do anything about it. They just carried on as normal. And it unfortunately resulted in his death on that scene. I mean, uh, from that scene. Um, and the reason why I said I wanted to draw the correlation before we go into it is what Amy Cooper did could have led, led to what happened to to George Floyd. This is why there's a lot of outrage mm. around this. Um, I just want to get what, what I want to get your opinions if you've seen any of yeah, I think the um, yeah, let's start on that Amy Cooper thing. I think I think the issue there is the fact that she's using what she's saying as a weapon. You know, she understands her privilege and she's using it as a weapon. Yeah. She's using the fact that that she knows that her tone, the way she's going to speak to the to the police, is going to lead to this man either being arrested or or or, or, or worse, really. So. So I think that that privilege alone, and understanding that privilege and using it in a negative way, is is thankfully caught on video. And I think that guy, I don't know the brother's name, but the way he handled that and how calm he was, it was beautiful to see. It was beautiful to see. And you guys are <coughs> you know. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad that her company. Yes. Fire. I was about to. Say, and wait, can I say that you said a good point about her company? You know, when people may say, "Oh, maybe she didn't really know any better. Maybe it was upbringing." She was a. Um, she's worked for is it an investment? She was an investment banker, and someone I, I'm trying to confirm if she's actually the president of it. I just want to basically say she was not. She's quite Absolutely. an educated person, so she was quite aware of what she's doing and what it can lead to. Yeah, I just want to add that in okay, there. I think we need to understand something as well. Like what she's done is wrong, definitely. But when you say educated person, educate like, like academic education and life education are two different things. That makes mm. sense. And that's why like she thinks she comes. I'm talking from an academic yeah. perspective, as if she's not, she's not someone that is... As, Coming from yeah. an academic perception doesn't mean she knows. I mean, I mean, she, she knows the right, obviously. Yeah. I mean, what she's done is wrong. I'm not saying... I think, I think the fact that she's educated, I think the fact that she's educated allows her to even do this. She, she knows exactly what she's doing. And she, she knows, knows exactly, the right. Yeah, she knows exactly how it's going to look. Wait, I want to touch on Rural's point. So, are you trying to say... Wait, so you're saying she's... Um, she's educated. No, you, no, you say she's educated, of, as in you made it. No, you made it like because she's she she should know better. But a lot of people that are educated are still kind of dumb. As well, she's doing is very foolish. So even though she has education, I mean, she's smart to know to, to mm. do. But is it is it is almost like beyond emotional intelligence? It yeah. Just in, but you're right. Like even though like it's in the media, like we do see so many cases. It's like it's specifically America. Um, it happens all around the world, but right now we're talking about America, where this kind of scenario of a police coming to a scene and there's been like uh, a person of color involved it's just never really ends or especially the fact that her the, the threatening tone that she made it seem that she was the threatening situation she made it seem she was in would obviously result to that it's like it's i know you're saying edu- educated but it's like it's it's almost like just she knew basically she knew what she was she still knew what she was doing because of for her to okay i want to say this, for her to even go to that kind of subject of saying i'm going to say mm. an african-american man is attacking me means she's aware of situations where African American men have had the police called on them and it's not gone so well. He's not. He's not even saying because let me let me get, state this right. Anyone getting the police called them is not good. You either done something bad or the police are going to cause you trouble. But for her to say I'm going to say African American man shows that she does have some awareness of situations where the police have been to the scene of someone of, like I said a person of color and is literally probably resulted in a worst case and is also their death. So. I will say she does have she does she was has, she's, she has a yeah, way she, 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 she uses she a weapon. weapon. Yeah, at least also reminds me of yeah. I've of a kid called Emmett Till. Yeah, it sounds something like that. Um, I refresh, refresh. So Emmett Till is a black kid from I can't remember the full story, but no, it happened. But Emmett Till is a black kid that was basically went to. It was born. It was from Chicago. 
Yeah. And I feel like I went to Mississippi yeah. to visit his cousins. And apparently, he saw a white woman and just apparently whispered at her. And, and back then, you know, black people, black people being, are being killed left and right, being lynched and stuff. Yeah. And he whispered at this white woman. Yeah. And in the same night, apparently, a lot of these white men bust into the house and dragged him out, beat him up, and threw him into the water or something like that. And they killed yeah. him. Yeah. That's and right. Yeah. Was, was this in the 80s? Wait, or like the 50s. 50s. Yeah, early days. Oh. I remember. Was it was it featured in the Grim Book movie? I don't know. Something. But Emmett Till. I mean, if you tap in Emmett Till right now, you see his face. He was disfigured. I mean, the demon of an extent where he can't even speak. Oh, only because he was. Well, apparently, a few, a few years oh. later, that woman on her deathbed. I think before she died, she was like, "Oh, that was a lie." That yeah, it's, we're not far away from that right now. You know what I mean? We're not far away from. I'm saying it's still going on, and it's happened in the 1950s. And look, at, that's just 2020. It's the same case as that. Going on as a brother that was running and got shot. But the guys in the car, it's, it's, it's a similar situation. Yeah, uh, Ahmad Aubrey. I was going to link you back to that because all of this is, is the reason why, um, all, if, like, so all this is news is because it happened so close together. And uh, I just want to ask you on, before we go into the deeper, I remember you had the, like, you were saying something about the outrage. What have you seen on, on this current outrage? Because you do have an opinion on, like, the, the outrage situation and in terms of, like, um, how people deal with it and react to the scenario. From what you've seen, do you feel like they've re- reacted? Like reason, like what you, from the reaction you've seen to this scenario, what, what what's your? That's a very uh, difficult one. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I didn't want to know your opinion. How you've seen? Because I mean, it was the same I mean, thing. I've seen again. on Twitter and just a riot of people. I I like the message, but I don't like the way it's been executed and where where people are just breaking into stores, burning out stores, looting. I mean, yeah, I feel like I, I understand where they're coming from. I mean, I fully support riot, which is brings attention to it. But the way it's been executed, I don't support it. Where people are just burning down stores. Because, for example, now, if this happens in London and a lot of people are burning down stores, we have to pay for it. The government won't pay for it. We have to pay for it. So, in the hindsight, the good, yeah. the message is clear, but the way it's being done, I don't support it. Yeah, so, um, I don't know, man. I still feel like without. So, what's your, what's your opinion on the, on the outrage? Um, <sighs> I don't know, man. I think. I think um... Yeah, I appreciate burning and looting your local community shops is is, is is never good, and by all means I don't I don't support it. But you know, there's only so long you can flip in march and 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 and, and do you know what I mean? And and do and not do a lot until you're hurt. So there's anger there, especially when you're living in that community day in day out, and you're seeing this case or similar cases happen consistently, and nothing's being done. And I think I think there's a yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not for the looting, but I understand it. You see me? I understand it. Also, I also saw someone yeah. as well, though. Before, you know, before Target was burned down, mm. I think that was burned down by the undercover police as well. I saw that Yeah, there's a video, there's a video going yeah. around of a guy um, proper, like, dressed yeah. up for, like, literally, this guy looks like he's a ninja turtle without the grief. Um, proper dressed up with an umbrella and uh, yeah, what's it, a face mask, like the one you get in the, goo- <laughs> the gulag. In the, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm drawing from this for but genuinely, he was prepared for war and people were saying there's a few guys like that. Um, someone did say something though. Okay, so I do feel it could be undercover. Someone said he may be like uh, just a very expert protester, but it just yeah, it was, was very suspicious. But, but, so um, what do you think though? What do you think about the protest? What's your opinion on that? Um, what I'm saying is um, I draw from both. I 100% don't agree with looting and causing damaged property but i understand that um when you've been pushed so much only so much you can handle and this needs to kind of happen 
with for, for anything to change. But at the same time, although the outrage the outrage happened, I do believe it needs to be met with action. So outrage of action, not just outrage for the sake of outrage. But I'm not going to lie to you, that video is very triggering. And when when a lot of people see that video, they're not looking at just that video. Obviously, that's a tragic, but they're looking as in that what happened to George Floyd represents the multiple scenarios that happened to Ahmad Aubrey, uh, I think it's Brianna Taylor. Where they shot. There's so many, so many examples of this kind of injustice. So that video represents injustice, and that's what is triggering people. So they they're not only saying, okay, this this that happened there. They're reacting to and, and, and the lack of action, and also the fact that although we've got that, yeah. a couple that's on video, what's not on video, what's going on, going back to what's her name, uh, Amy Cooper, lady, like of course she works at an investment fund, etc. Like, how's that affected her? Yeah. Has she has she denied opportunities to people of color because of her? Do you know what I mean? There's there's a, there's a lot of dominant effects, and that's why I give props to her company that come out and say, look blah, 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 we're doing an investigation. They didn't say that. They just came out and said, look, we've terminated it because we don't accept racism. Flat and simple. Nice, eloquent, strong message. And that's, and that's the type of company that, that really sends a message, man, because... And they're swift. swift. Like, perfect. Yeah. And they also took away her dog as well because of, like, in the video, you see the dog trying uh, listen, to... Listen, listen, let's not forget. The, the... And the girl from Central Park. <laughs> yeah. But... Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, all, it's all needed because of this will hopefully... It's hard to say this, but this will probably prevent like um, people from doing a similar scenario to like someone that's a person of color using like is I'm not gonna. She literally just showed. Uh, she may have been a co-producer on Get Out the movie because what she showed was uh, uh, straight. Uh, she reminded me of that scene where the where the guy was looking for his key, and and she was I don't have it. I don't have it. Like obviously I'm 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 humor in situation, but generally it's just, I'm just trying to take light of it. She essentially knew. She knew she was a very privilege. She, she was we- she was wearing it. She was wearing it like an Azimax suit. The whole context of why it's occurring as well. Like, let's not get lost of that. All man said is that the signs that your dog has to be on a leash. She never offended her, yeah. never tried to move exactly. to her, nothing offensive. It was literally follow the sign. Do you know what I mean? How many times does man tell us that we can't play ball because it says no ball games and you can't really do anything? I mean, exactly. it's, it's just a sign. It's not doing anything offensive. I commend his patience, though. I commend his patience because. The, the, you know the crazy thing is that almost the person of color has to actually be even when they're in the, the in the like the situation of adversity like they're actually being the one that's almost been attacked like not necessarily physically but just been attacked in that way so i'm going to do this you almost have to be three times calmer than the person just to for later on so mm. you can explain the situation if you actually did any self-defense thing or that kind of stand your ground rule that um, america have you still may not even get you may you may be it may not it may work against you essentially so you actually have to be Super extra careful, even when you're the one the victim, feeling the injustice. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah, you're the victim essentially. Like he, him being that calm helps so much. That's how you got commended for that one. I, I'll, I'll say from yeah. I mean, the other day I was watching. I think it was last week. I was watching some interview done by Malcolm X. This was done. This was, I think this interview was in was around 1963 when they did this interview. I was talking about you know, the injustice in America, and it was like I feel like I feel like this is him always being America as long as possible because they always did black people as second citizen, not first citizen, because they were many of them were slaves when they came to America. So the rule the law in America was made for for was made by white people for white people. And white people a lot of white people deemed black people not as the first citizen or second. So I feel like even though we're always gonna be protesting, I don't think anything I don't think anything will change in America. Because even just look at the case we got this case right now, 
this happened. We had a similar case that happened 65 years ago, and this is still happening now. So I think racism never ended in America because the laws were never made for black people, and black people are never deemed as worthy in that country. So I feel like the best, I feel like the best thing right now is just I, I, I haven't got a solution for it, but it's just the reality. Yeah, I do. I do feel like this may not change now, but it it may not change in our generation and not the next, like I've said previously. But I do feel like it just because it's just as as well as it took decades and years to like be solidified. It will take decades and years to unravel this system that's been built for it to change. So it may be for like our grandchildren, they will be able to benefit from what we're doing now. Just like like, just like generations before us. This is another. No, I was just going to say, let's not get confused because, like I said, like 30, 40, 50, it's only 40 years ago, 50 years ago, niggas weren't allowed anywhere. Do you know what I mean? So, that's, so it's, it's, yeah. that's not a long time ago. A lot of our parents are, have experienced it. Uh, so it's not that long ago. So, in the same so life. It's going, to take, it's going to take a sufficient amount of time, but all you can have is optimism, man. You can't sit there saying it will never ever change. And, and, and we pray that it does, but, yeah. but it's difficult to see. It's difficult to see. And this generation is also quite. I know some. So I know. So there's there's two sides to this that I hate. I kind of despise that term snowflake, and people saying that people are very sensitive because of you're kind of dismissing the the like what what like what's it called what fuels it like what what's what's generated this kind of outrage. I, don't get me wrong, people do just react to everything, but generally this generation call we call out a lot of stuff. So that's almost necessary. So I used to before people say like oh like oh we're so sensitive all of this, but. I see beyond that. I see that if we keep this, no one can, no one can, um, what's it called, hide anymore. And I know there is, there's, um, what's it called, some cons to it. It's, it's like all this kind of like cancer thing and people just being outraged for no reasons. But for the times that it does do good and we, we always address things when it happens, it is worth it. And that, that's, I just want to draw that in because that's something else that will always outline this. No one can lie. Or every time someone does anything um, outrageous or injustice, we will draw attention to it. It may be sound like a lot of complaining and whining, but it's making sure is. It's what's it called? It's on the, it's at Absolutely. the forefront of your mind. Um, but it has to be met with action. That's why I always mm-hmm. say it has to be met with action. Um, and I, and I, I think I had a discussion with you, Shufi. I want to draw it to like petitions and um, things like that. I just want to know. So, because of some, I think people are not necessarily against petitions, but they feel like it doesn't get anywhere. I just want to know your opinion um, on it. I think, look, I think petitions work because I think there's, there's different types of petitions. There's, there's petitions that, that you want to sign. I'll, I'll keep it UK specific. There's petitions you want to sign to get in front of parliament for discussion. There's petitions you want to sign to bring awareness. Essentially, a petition is there normally to, to raise awareness for a cause. Um, 100% I'm for that. I, I understand the purpose of a petition. I understand um, what it serves and, and how it can be effective, which, which is great. Um, but I think I think I think there's other ways of I, th- I think if you want to do more, there's 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 other ways to do stuff. It's it's obviously case dependent. But I think I do think the UK is we are quite performative um, as to as to the actions that we do uh, to feed our egos, and it's, it's a human instinct, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think can you elaborate on the performative thing? I just want to so people can performative or conformative? Performative, performative. Like I think stuff like I think a good, a good example is stuff like the. The, the NHS clapping, I think something like that, where by all means it's, it's, it's for a good cause, etc. I just think a lot of these people that are clapping, etc., have 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 no interest in the NHS or or haven't helped or anything. And I think there's a lot of people that have voted for parties and members of parliament that have that have um, negatively affected the institution or the NHS 
as, as a whole, whether it be um, a cap on pay or whether it be extension facilities, wherever it might be. I think a lot of people voted for like, for the MPs that have negative views on that. And I think what it does is, as, as in, in this day and age, I think as humans, we just want to feel like we're doing something. You know I mean, feed our ego and say, yeah, we're doing the right thing. We're going outside. We're giving a clap. Um, it's not. It's not doing anything. Like, yeah. Ultimately, if you want to do, if if you want to go help, there's avenues out there to go and help and, and do some serious things. But again, I'm I'm all for I'm all for people showing showing respect and, and especially in these times where where there isn't a lot you can do. But as a whole, I think just rounding up to my point and, and landing there, it's just the fact that we are quite performative as to as to what we do and and how we do it. And I think people, there's people out there that will take. They'll go to the local communities and and take a cause further, whether it be, like you said, trying to get action out of what you're doing. Um, so petitions are good; yeah. they raise awareness. But once that awareness is raised, what are you doing to carry on that cause? That's the, that's that's all it is. That's, that's all it is. If it, let's say I signed a petition call. I've done my thing. Okay, it gets put in front of Parliament. Something gets passed to do something. Are you are you chasing up? Are you are you following up? Are you looking at your local community and how you can help that? Because it's all micro and macro. You can't expect to change the world if you're not helping ourselves. I mean, that's it's a, true. It's that's a difficult true. one. I'm being, consi- I'm being consistent with it. Uh, Ruan, what do you, Ruan, what do you, what's your view on the petitions and all that? I mean, um, I support yeah, it because I always do some of them. It makes a good course. Uh, I feel like I think we've just also if you said as well, it's a very it's a very it's a very small step to a bigger issue. So if you, if you can help someone. It's a good idea, but at the same time, not all petitions with sun always being passed. So it's still, it's like trying, but not everything always goes through. But at the yeah, same I think, time, I think everyone's guilty of it. Bro. Like we've all we've all signed a petition, X the app, gone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No follow up, nothing. Just sign a petition, close the close yeah. the page, carry on. It's easy. It, it happens. It's easy. But, but you know, if you really want to make like, change, I was, just, I was just gonna say, if you really want to make change, you follow up, and if you're passionate about it, you follow up. That's all it is. Mm. But do you think we are numb to this stuff, though? Because we see all the time. Like, for example, now, I was thinking about this stand-up, but I was thinking about one of Dave Chappelle's stand-up. And I think because we, we see so much, we sort of, we're kind of numb to just seeing bad things happen now. That makes any sense. Yeah, like, this back is the day, day. Yes, yeah, exactly. So when like, back in the day, it's a big deal. But now it's just like, okay, um, we move on. We still kind of just like, we're getting used to, which is very toxic for just life in general. And yeah. I feel like, I feel like we just, like you said, I feel like we need to work on ourselves. We need to work on ourselves so we can speak, we can think about changing the world. Absolutely. That's where I look at. But that's even that even more reason why the outrage needs to continue because it can't be or oh, just another black, just another yeah, a black man shot in the streets. It can't be like that. But if there's outrage towards it, people are like although people may be annoyed, seeing it all over their feeds and everywhere, which I even question to be honest, mm. um, it's showing you that this is another scenario situation that shouldn't happen. So I mean, all that noise needs to be happened. Yeah. So this is this. I have some. Well, not I have some views in it, but I've um. What's his name? Sean King, um, spoke about this actually, saying similar to what me and Sylvie said, it's going to take years for change to happen. But there has to be steps in that's put in place. Oh, okay. So the easiest mm-hmm. way, I guess, for people to kind of make changes, obviously, sign a petition. I guess donate to that causes. I do think people should mm-hmm. donate to um petitions or like funds raised to support the family or their legal fees to do with all this stuff to make sure stuff has gone to justice. I just wish those were more prevalent, but sometimes it's hard to find those. But um, two, this is this is for US specific. Um, something called Action Pact and Color of Change. They're ones that I know do follow up with follow up with um updates on what they're doing because I've I've actually been supporting them for years, even before all of this stuff. I've been 
signing petitions, even for like little cases that didn't actually get a lot of media attention. And I know they always send updates on what's happening and say how you can help further. Even I don't even live in America, but you just see so much. You just see so much things happen to people. They look like you. you there's only so much you can you can you can not do about it. Um, but beyond that, um, <laughs> Sean Kingston, Sean King, Sean Kingston, right? Sean, having a Sean King, yeah, Sean King, Sean King, Sean King, 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 you know, yeah, right. I had to check out that Sean Kingston. Um, anyways, he, he's he's quite like an advocate for all these causes, and um, he's well known. So basically, he, on these on one of these like little talks, he said something about it needs to change within the system, and in his talk, he outlined how the this is specifically America, how the America um, like um, justice and criminal system works, and talked about how in all the different states and within the states, there's different policies different rules of justice different attorneys involved different jail systems even like campus so i said in order to make change we start looking at how the system is built almost like a jigsaw puzzle and then start like taking action to those specific um parts intricate parts of it so that's how how things are going to change in that in that aspect where we um make sure that people that elected to there are more fair like not get some diversity in there first and actually what's it called like put our, our action and stuff towards those institutions and we, should, we need to change stuff from the inside out and with everything he said i think he said there was like twenty seven thousand. um what's it called like justice i can't remember yeah. the, but there's yeah. there a big number something about like justice departments within the u within the u.s so individual he summarized that, that or he said twenty twenty seven thousand um or 2700 something like that um attorneys it was a big number i need to get the numbers but you can you can find it on his latest um talk but essentially we're just talking about how big and intricate the system is and saying so when we want to make change we have to look at it like that not just one um protest and stuff like that we still need to keep that by the way we should never stop that it's almost like you want to make change so you you start something you, you at the same time you have to keep maintaining another form of action it can't be stop protests and stop outrage and stop mm. um funding all of these um causes that support like black lives matter and all this stuff it has to be that has to be done the outrage has to be continuous when this stuff happens and then we have to be trying to work the system from the inside out so all of these um streams together will cause the change in like i said even a decade or century from now but we have to be aware of that kind of stuff it can't just be one component to it it, it doesn't take one problem to solve to solve a quite intricate issue i mean it doesn't take one solution to solve quite question, intricate issue. we need to this, come this up with intricate question. solution as well you guys ever move back to africa so, yeah this is a random question inshallah yeah. good really move back I mean, to live or to visit? To live. I would okay. want to have... So what... Okay. What, what, do you, what about you, Kari? What do you, what do you want to say? Um, I would... I want... I, so I want a place in... in Like, I, I don't want to... Yeah, in, obviously right now I'm in the UK. I would want a place in the UK and Africa. I don't would, wouldn't want to solely move to somewhere just due to... I guess this is a very personal thing because obviously people have built, mm. up, built their like foundations and built opportunities for themselves in specific places. I guess you you can move back for a reasonable amount of time, but I still want to keep a foothold in here. The only place I would say I wouldn't want to live in, hundred percent, is the US, and I've quoted this. I don't mind visiting there, but I'm kind of good to to not live there, right? especially with the situation right now. Well, like, I see this. I see myself coming to this country as an opportunity to learn, and I see take and I see myself taking the knowledge I've learned from this country, yeah, and they're taking it back home because I wasn't born here, so my view. I don't. I will come back for holiday. That's it. So well, that means my, you're not coming back. My mentality is come, come here to the knowledge I've learned and take it back home. Then I know that I can share with everyone else. Then that way the actual culture can grow. 
you're fighting this war, but like the back of my mind, I know I'm not from here. I'm not from this country. This this country, I grew up here, I have friends here, but it's not my hometown. It's not. If someone asks me where you from, where you from? Like, I'm Nigerian. I'm like, oh, I'm British. I'm, that's my that's my nationality now. What? I'm my core. I'm Nigerian. So my mentality is, I'm trying to take what I've learned here and take it back home to better my own country and let that country actually prosper. So that's 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 what I think. So even about racism here, yeah, I'm, I care about it. But at the same time, I have a different vision for just myself and black people that actually know where they're from. The America is different. They are they come a lot of them come from as slaves. They don't they don't actually know their roots. We know our roots. So how about we just take our knowledge, take it back home to Africa, then make that country a better place where actually people from America be like, you know what? I'm African American. I'm just I can just go out to Africa. Maybe not everyone can afford it, yes. But love Americans see as Africa as just this wasteland, go to a country where nothing's happening. But I'm what about people that are born in America, like, um, and that's all they know? Because they would consider that as their homeland, even though Africa is their homeland. Some people identify, okay, let me say someone that's like, um, has a black, um, black and white parent. They may, they may, they may be mixed to both. I mean, look at Dodger Cat, she was raised by a white person. So I mean, telling that we get in black people is very different. If you're raised by a black person, you're raised two other black people is different. And even on that topic as well, I have, yeah. actually have a black friend, I mean, I have a mixed race friend. And this guy, every other day gets, he goes up to Kenya. His mum is white, that is black. Mm-hmm. But because he has an African root in him, he still says he's African. So if an opportunity gets, even though he's, 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 he's mixed race and he was born here, mm-hmm. and the opportunity gets, he goes back to Kenya. Because to him, that's his, that's his home. And it, it embraces the actual culture. Because I'm I'm, when, you look around, I mean, what, when you look around this country, when you look on billboards, when you look at posters, you may see some black people, but... A lot of people you see are white, so it's it's, diff- it's very difficult to to actually to actually relate to these people. But when you go back home, it, like in this, when I was born in Nigeria, I didn't I didn't think about racism. I didn't I didn't think oh you're black. Yeah. Everyone was black, so color wasn't a big deal to me. But when I came here, it was like oh you're black, you're this, you're that. I was like yo, and I think, then I was like oh I'm actually black. But in Africa, in Nigeria, I never had to think about my skin color at all. I was just like yeah, it's black. beautiful. I didn't. It's beautiful. So I feel like if we can inspire people with, like, oh, by the way, Africans actually know what. But, but wait, 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 let me ask you a question there, yeah? So you say, have you ever been, have you ever been back home, Niger? And then um, someone that lives there has ever said, oh, you're a British boy. Have you heard that before? I mean, they said that, even my uncle said that to me a lot of the time, yes. Yeah, so what I mean is a lot of, a lot of people here, they have displacement. So for us, for instance, I was born here, but there's a lot of people that were born here. Um, but, the, but, but the nation, the, the, their background is not from here, so they'll, so, so although a lot of people get racism here. They don't feel like this is their home. Then they go back home, and then and then them men are telling them, "I oh, got British guy." I get all the time. If when, when I go back to Somalia, I get told sometimes you get ah oh, the way you speak. Now you're a British boy. Oh, you don't know you're a British boy. It's a common it's a common thing. So that feeling of the feeling of displacement happens for a lot of people. And I think I think I think I'm, I'm all for I'm all for I'm all for going back. That's one of my one one of my. I feel like even that. British boy thing. I think that only happens when you first move down. I feel if you, if you stay for a month, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. kind of like just just just, just treat you like just treat you like another one of them. But the um, first two weeks, the first three yeah. weeks is like, oh, you're very different. Yeah, you look different, you talk different. But after a month, you're just another guy. And like, you what are you saying? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I think, um, I think, I think going back to the topic about uh, whether we move, etc. I think, I think there's a lot of people that are born here, and I think they they might benefit from. From actually again looking at their own community and and bettering the people around them, the the, the fellow the fellow uh, black people around them, just education, support, yeah. mentorship, etc. 
but by all means, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm looking when I'm older, absorb all that information, go back to the homeland and, 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 and sell up over there and, and just try to yeah. live my life. Even, even on that note as well, I think I met this uncle when I was, like, when I was working and I was at work. This was before quarantine, like last year at Nike. Mm. And I was like, yo, bro, if I'm your age right now, I actually moved to Africa and just start, I started doing things. I was like, what do you mean? I'm so young. He's like, yo, bro, because you're so young, there are quite a lot of opportunities in Africa. Mm. And I look at it, things like Gavin and Africa, even like, even just, for example, Akon. Yeah, he's a celebrity, but since I'm trying to create a foothold in a branch in Africa where, you know what? If you have the knowledge and you have the connection, you can actually make in that country. And a lot of companies, because Africa is like a plain, it's a plain, it's a plain canvas. You can easily just start, a, not only easy business, but you can easily visit your company in Africa because so there's nothing, there's nothing like that. So, mm-hmm. for example, imagine trying to create like a music stream in Africa. It's easier because there's nothing like that. Even Spotify isn't that isn't in Africa like that. So you can easily create your own something in Africa where people can actually use it because first of all, it's made by an African. Mm-hmm. African population is crazy, and I think the reason why the, the only issue we have right now is, is power and internet. Infrastructure. Yeah, infrastructure. infrastructure. Exactly. We have the infrastructure in Africa. We're sorted. And I feel like that's the future. I feel like we can work on making that place so much better. We don't need to worry about this UK. Yeah, but I ultimately, mean, ultimately, right? you've got to love the British. I, I, ultimately, British is part of you and, and, and you have to love it. And, and we, can't allow, it, yeah. we can't allow a couple of, um, a couple of yeah. uh, racist issues kind of defer from, from the good thing about, about this, this country and the education has given us, the people has given us opportunities. Because and another thing, even even if you go back um, and you live in what's it called, I go back to Africa for a bit. Once you do go to Africa, for like for business, for leisure, or whatever, and you do travel, there may still be aspects of that. And like you said, I generally feel like it may not go away, um, like racism and like just like you said. Yeah, I mean, I'm, when you go I'm, out of Africa, I said go out. Wishing for travel, wishing like, for like, to other countries. You still, I don't think that's ever going to happen. That never, exactly, that never happened because humans, humans are humans are not perfect. Humans are flaws. The reason, the only way we can create perfect utopia is by having AI and robots in the world. But humans are flaws. No, no country you go to, you never like. If you go to like, I don't know what country you go to. Even I don't know. I don't travel like that. When you go to a a, a country where the everyone, everyone is kind of like white and Caucasian, that's too. That's the same thing actually. Caucasian. <laughs> 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 yeah. They look at you like, oh, you're black. What are you doing there? So, like, even China, for example, like, nowhere you go in the world, you'd be embraced for your skin color. It's just something I feel like we just need to live with. I'm not. That's two places that I've never. That I remember you said something about. Obviously, like, oh, trust me, people, oh, oh, I know I'm black. I know I'm black. I know I'm dark skin. I know I'm melanin. But there's two, there's two places. No, there's two places that I've been to that I was, you feel so like an outcast, which is China. And south of, south of, of America, not South America, South of America. I went to like Nashville. New Orleans wasn't that bad, but Memphis, all of these parts. I, I didn't go to North America, like LA, the more like, I guess, diverse. But I went to Nashville. Every second, I just, you feel different. <laughs> the air is, there's just something, I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. But I have to understand that the South was, was create, was, was always been like that. Because that's South, the South of America. But it's just, I said Nashville, Memphis, and New Orleans. But New Orleans was, New Orleans, mm-hmm. I did see diversity, and that made me that not it just felt, felt welcome. I don't know if that's the sort of bias of just seeing. Actually, no. Do you know what it was? It wasn't. It wasn't the fact of um not necessarily seeing people of color or something. It was just 
every time I saw a person of color, it was in a very, it was in like they were servicing me. It was, in, it was in a service situation. There was not, there was never like I went, to, I went to a few experiences. I did a lot of things. There was never a person of color enjoying the things I was doing. It was always serving, and I, I, even when I was walking the street, I didn't really see people. It, it was it, that 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 um, area is predominantly Caucasian, which is understandable to an extent, but it. Like I remember going somewhere. I don't know where it was. I went to near was the um, right. MLK um, where mm. it was shot dead, basically the hotel. And I don't know what town that was. Was it Lynch, Lynchville or something like that? Yeah, yeah. What town was it? Where where he got shot? What hotel? What town? I need to know the name of that town because of this. Memphis, Memphis, right? Memphis, Tennessee. Um, yeah. Where, that, anyways, that town. We'll see if we can find it. Yes, there was a specific said, part. Is that near Lynchville? Lynchville. Check Lynchville near the JD, the Jack Daniels um, Distillery. Run by your ass. Yeah, trust me. I went to Lynchville. I was. Walking, <laughs> I'm not. Do you know what? This, this is going to so silly. But there was one time I went. So the, I was getting this coach, and the coach left, and I was on my own. Trust me, my heart was beating. It was me. I was like, I'm from the UK. I don't know anyone here. It's so. You know, it's so silly. Do you know how silly it is? I'm like I'm, I'm like I said I'm like a, a big man. I'm literally walking in a town that I've never been in, and because it's America, because I wasn't too familiar with that part of America, and I was on my own in the town called Litchfield. I didn't feel too comfortable. Okay, I, it it was on, it was on route anyways, yeah, Tennessee or that stuff. But um, so I went from Litchfield to the Memphis bit. Um, I won't tell my story because basically to summarize the story before that, I just felt uncomfortable in that town. It was just because their history was literally it was like I saw the history of it. It was um they had a lot of lynchings involved, lynchings, whatever it's called. Involved that there was they literally they I don't know like mm-hmm. the thing like like they um they didn't hide from the history but it was still quite daunting to see that like as person in the group I was with I was the only person of color so I was like okay um anyways I went to Memphis as well and um I was told a week before that um I think it was near the civil civil what's it called civic civil rights civil rights um that museum there was um, a statue like around that path there was a statue of like a kkk member that was only taken down a week before i came there and can i remind you this is 2019 when i went there and they said the same week that i came to that town um and the, the guard the not guard the, the tall yeah, tall guide showed us like oh yeah this is where there was literally like there was a few mount, uh, fountains with empty statues and i remember someone asking like oh, what's that and they said yeah there was just um, a statue and they he even kind of he, he or she is it, he, it was he yeah he hesitated when he said that and he was like yeah um this is where the he said the name of the person kkd the statue was taken recently and i was like i it was so shocking to hear that in 2019 that that is the thing but it just shows you the setup of um that part of america but like i said you're always going to experience that and the things i love to travel so i don't want to neglect myself with yeah, that's that. um it's a tough so one ultimately, ultimately i don't want to face racism like, what do you want bro it's black you know what i mean it's never going to change it's got a it's got a so I learned to live with it, and, and it's a it's a wonderful thing, man. And I think is it Dave that said it? I'll never ever change it, fam. It's 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 got. I mean, you can never change it, and it's something that you gotta love and and accept. And and it's just about education, man. Like you said, a lot of people out there are are ignorant. I think um, you just gotta educate them when you can, uh, as much as possible. And you've gotta I think you gotta carry yourself properly. Uh, and because unfortunately, your representation of quote unquote black person, if they don't see them often, your representation. So. That, that if you carry yourself properly, hopefully their view changes. Although it shouldn't be your job, you have you you have you you have that job, unfortunately, and that's been given to you as a yeah um, yeah. Not, to try to make them feel comfortable by just living. Um, it's a it's, it's a balance in it. Express yourself. Yeah. Not, yeah. It's a difficult one. Can I take it one step further? Okay, so we're all like 
we're all um, working, like we're all um, in our industries, in our fields. How do you, both of you feel about diversity in like the workplace in general? You don't have to be super specific, but just like, just like on the surface, how, how do you feel is diversity represented in your workplace or your industry? Yeah, uh, yeah for me, it's, it's always been a corporate. challenge. I think the construction industry has been uh, lacking or, or, or lack of diversity, which is something that I've known since, since doing my degree at university. But, um, but thankfully, I have the ability to, uh, I think it's a skill that you pick up when you're quite young to be able to, well, I say move, but how to operate in, in different situations. Um, uh, there is a lack of diversity and, and it is that situation where you're working for a company uh, that has a thousand employees and there's, there's, there's two people of colour. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a difficult industry, but um, for me, it's all about just understanding your understanding what you're getting from the situation. So work is work. Zooming, you got to enjoy it. You've got to have the ability to learn and move away from it. So you basically, you're saying you have yeah, to I always say, look always say this person, I think, I think, to an extent, I'd like, uh, I think the, the yeah, more like, companies, the more diversity I'm seeing, um, and the company I'm at the moment is is, is huge. It's, it's it's wonderfully diverse, and automatically I feel as if it's um, uh, the balance between um, the balance between I guess social slash work balance is a lot better because you have people that understand you more and topics and conversations we can have, but. Um, during the during my former yeah. company, there was a lack of diversity. Um, yeah, there's there's a difficulty to first express yourself. There's a constant explanation, um, and, and the third one for me is always um, again it's that burden. Yeah. Oh, I, I look at it as a blessing, really. I have the ability here to carry myself and portray myself as a black Muslim man. Do you know what I mean? And and change perceptions mm. as I go along. So I look at it, I look at it as a blessing, man. And 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 again, you've got to use diversity to your advantage. Um, there's opportunities that come up, and and if you work on your skill and your craft, diversity will play a part, and hopefully um, assist you with that. Real, what's your? How is your I'll break down. I'll, I'll break it down into two aspects of in the workplace. You have, you have to carry yourself differently. Because you know, just like I'm black. Because you know, never know, they can just, just get rid of me, or just respect the way they look at me in general. But just black people in the workplace in general, I feel like some black people don't apply for certain jobs because they think they won't get it to begin with. So when you go for these eye companies, don't say a lot of black people because maybe they couldn't get in because the company didn't allow them. But sometimes you black people, black people just don't apply for the job because you know what, I'm not gonna get. It, so why not? Why should I apply for it? So I feel like more people like I feel like if more black people take the liberty, just let me just apply for this job. Am I get it? and there's a there's an opportunity to get it, but I feel like not just not apply for it, so they don't get it. But in actual workplace, yeah, you have to, I mean, I do act differently, but also I have a lot, I have quite a lot of black people I work with anyway, so it's not always a big deal. But they, I mean, they look you differently, but to me, just I do my job. I, I just do my job. I'm not really like that guy that I'm talking to a lot of people. I just come in, do my job, and go home. So I'm not really trying to express myself. I have nothing, nothing to express. I'm just going to do my job. I know what I'm doing. Just do it. I'm not going to say anything. But doesn't that take away from the like? I remember what um Sue said about having like some conversations and topics and like just a bit of relevance. It does help. This doesn't have to be even necessarily diversity of like the same same cultural background. Just someone that's kind of aware. Because I've had yeah, I've actually had places where the person wasn't like yeah. the same skin tone as me, but 
they just they understood yeah they understood the co- exactly perfectly so the conversation flowed it it just made it just adds to your welcoming so when we say this we mean we don't it doesn't have to be because i'm black there has to be black because or just i guess it could be personal color or just like even if they even if they're not just um being understanding of your culture and then you, I, like the way the way that I, I i actually find that sometimes we are more understanding of other cultures well like, i am very honest of cultures rather than the other way around if that makes sense like you take the time to to just because you almost have to police yourself in in essence if you're in certain rooms so we we is that is that called most emotional intelligence has to be quite higher and, and i think as as as, as again it goes back to the skill that you pick up as a kid you you have the ability to move around social circles you have the ability to speak to your boys speak a certain way go to work speak a certain way it's obviously a nice benefit to have someone that understands and speaks like you and understands the topics you want to talk about and what's trending and and all that stuff it's, it's nice it's a nice benefit but um, but work is work yeah. ultimately. If it's not there, it doesn't mean it's going to change anything. You know what I mean? It just makes it a little bit nicer. It makes the day go back a little, a little a little quicker. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, Ruan. So do you feel like by by you say you go to work, you do that? Like uh, like in the companies you work for? Um... I mean, I, say, I mean, I said I have a lot. I do. I said I have a lot of black people I work with anyway. So if I don't talk to them, it's easier. But it's just the way I move is just different. I mean, we can have a chit chat, have a small talk, but Sometimes I'm just trying to get through the day. Sometimes so just I have a chat about what's going on, talk about football. It's a, it's also that it's a banter about both black. That's that's, that's there. I actually enjoy that because it's that joke. But apart from that, I don't I don't it's deepen it's I don't so deepen it. It's just it's like I, I say work as work. I mean, I just say work as work. Yeah, but you do you do spend a lot of, a lot of your not life, but you do spend a lot of time of your life at that workplace. So. Like I said, it's not it's not a, like a necessary thing to always have that. But I've actually it's actually been a prerequisite of mine when I'm going for some opportunities to inquire about the diversity in there. And I'm not even when I inquire sometimes I just kind of inquire further. Say, I hope they're not using it as a keyword because I've seen that with some corporate companies. It's like it's almost like it's a keyword. They don't like it's just it's just like um, something that's promotional to say, oh, we are diverse. But once you actually do your research, you realise black and diverse. You, you, you see the whole, the whole media, about the leadership as a team. Yeah, people. It's, exactly, yeah. And when we say diversity, even though women, all this stuff, like, it's beyond that. It's just, it's just like, you don't hire people. Obviously, you do hire people for their skills and stuff, but still be aware that we need a mixture of people in order to be able to, especially when you have a product that is going to go out to a mixture of people. Why would you only have one type of, like, yeah, what type of, like, a, a, a what, what type of people are yeah, doing it? It doesn't, it doesn't correlate. You need to have a, a mixture of people creating a product for a mixture of people that are going to use it. So it's, it's almost, it should yeah, happen I think, anyway. um, like well, I, I've just seen But one thing that. that I can say is, um, especially in the construction industry, like, like, um, Rua mentioned, football is a universal language, baby. You know what I mean? Football is a universal language. If all fails, yeah, football. Oh,、yeah,、はい。あ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、これ、
I get it right now. We don't have people that are in construction or in IT, wherever it might be. There's a lack of. So what we have to do is we have to do our mentorships. We have to do speak to the younger generation and help them understand the opportunities they have or they can have. That's true. Um, and hopefully what happens is actually, you know what? Man inspires a, a young 17-year-old looking to go to university, to go into construction. Yeah. He speaks to his boy about the opportunity. Next thing you know, there's three of them graduating with a certain degree in construction. And that, that multiplies and it just keeps going and we keep evolving. And hopefully, it's, it's ultimately it's down to lack of, uh, a lack of knowledge within the construction industry. Yeah. I've been... But how are you? How are you going to show that? Because you said a good point about educating like, the the next generation and stuff. Like even with us, like a lot of Correct. things we're doing now is because of we've seen examples of people doing it. Or sometimes we've been lucky to have yeah. people in our family or life doing it to show us, like, okay, this is possible. So, but so in this new generation, a lot of mm. us consume stuff through like um, prevalent figures, especially social media and stuff like that. I was watching Kevin Hart's interview Joe Rogan the other day, and he's, he's doing like a collaboration with J, J, I mean, JP Morgan Chase. Yeah. And basically said that that an incentive of sending white people into like into black neighborhoods to teach them to like finance finance literacy and just like to save money and stuff. And this idea was like we need more black people, like even just I mean I haven't it's actually a good thing. We're just not we're celebrities, just a normal black person going to this neighborhood, talk to these people, talk to these kids, inform I mean educate about you no know what. There are more to life than just what you're doing now. You can study hard, go to uni, study like what you just said into construction i feel like you just like it's not waiting for someone to educate us or we can actually go into our own neighborhood and just educate our people that makes any mm. sense. yeah so i think i think i think um yeah it comes down to education a lot of people in so originally i qualified as a as a chartered surveyor and and I, to be honest i didn't know what that was my career advisor at school um kind of guided me that into construction i had no idea where it was and he guided me down. I was like, what, man could do this, this, that, get some you, get done good pee, do this type of work that I enjoy, and do that. I right, come. If we take that knowledge, again, it goes back to that micro issue. If you take that back knowledge and you go to your, your local, um, whatever, there's, there's mentorship programs, whether it be in the community centre, whether it be in the mosque, wherever they might be, and you go edu- educate these men. Because a lot of us, especially the black community, there's only certain professions that we know. Zimmy, our parents yeah. tell us, doctor, lawyer, engineer. We don't know what engineer is. You know that one? What is it? Civil engineer, structural engineer. Gas yeah. engineer, network engineer. You know what I mean? We, all we know is just the headline. The headline. We don't really know the ins and outs. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't have the right people to guide us. And that's why I think, yeah. especially black people in profession, in professional jobs, whether it be interview techniques, whether it be CV help, whether it be career paths, whether it be advising people on the opportunities available following graduation, the type of jobs you can be doing, it's very, 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 very important. And it has to be from a micro level. It has to be people within your community. The young kids that are in sixth form are looking to go sixth form. If I knew about if I knew about apprenticeships, yeah, when I was young, I would have bought the apprenticeships from. I would have bought the apprenticeships, and I would have got I would have got the company to fund my uni. Therefore, I'll be no no, no debt right now. But I didn't, and I've got to find out this way. So there's little bits like that where education. But some people already have upper hand because they've had their parents go through, or they have the knowledge. So we have to be that person, man. Unfortunately, we can't just keep that knowledge to ourselves. Yeah, so that's what I mean. It would be good to give back. I, so I know you're saying go back to the, what's it called, the, the neighborhood and stuff. But I said, in terms of when we have like these public figures that do kind of, not necessarily have to outline how they got there or outline how they, they've done it, what they've done. But if the, the way we consume like content these days, I'm saying if they do want to influence the, the young generation, like no matter where they're from or what their background is, 
do you think we need people in different industries to like be like advocates for what they do just like kind of it's almost like i, I was documenting your the progress or like or your process even after you've got there or like before sometimes it, it actually shows other people that it is possible and i said this is not only like entertainment just like different industries something that can be even quite niche that people can get into like even like something to do like some some form of programming that is not so popular just like I didn't even know too much about your industry, yeah. but if there was someone like you that actually documented their thing, it would be more. Yeah, I think it's true. I think I think there needs to be someone like that. But also, I don't like, think that will be more willing um, to do it. Yeah, that only plays only a marginal effect because people need consistency. Do you know what I mean? People need people don't need a man on YouTube telling me X Y Z. They need uh, they will need a one on one session. So that's why I always think it has to be more of a personal touch rather than a than a than a, than a, than a large touch. If you if you understand what I'm saying. To be honest. You need both, though. You need both. I was going to say the larger reach because I could be like, I've seen. So, this, I think this is like, is a perspective thing and it, it probably affects everyone different. I do, I do think it's probably good to have both, but if you can't do both, it's good to have that content just like there or like just to, mm. to at least give that kind well, of knowledge that it's, it's that, yeah, like I said, reach and access. That's not worth access. It doesn't have to be physical. Some people may live in a small town and they don't have access to even see you. So, using their content may actually give them the motivation to start something rather than them. They can't even be able to afford to come and see, even if you did a free mentorship stuff. So that's what I'm saying about the 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 reach and it just being there. That you don't even you never know where your your where your word will go, even in your country. I'm not a billionaire, but at the same time, I feel like so it's a everyone's different. Yeah, like I said, everyone's different, so it makes sense. Yeah, what you're saying makes everyone's different. So yeah, like um, it would be ideal to have both things. And maybe they even they should even do a course. Even though they really condone people just buying courses and courses like you said, I feel like courses are relevant because always, 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 it's always tied to money. It's not always yeah. there. It shows the actual backstory. Yeah, I did. I did see a video trying to justify. I saw like someone talk. Yeah, video. Someone trying to justify um why people charge for their um like their their knowledge and time. So, but sometimes there's always a bit of disingenuous to it. Like it, it doesn't feel. It's the whole trade of I'm paying you to tell me a lot of information where generally is already publicly available, even though you may be collating it, you may be giving it from your experience. Just the whole act of someone charging you for that, especially when it's not like a academic thing. It just, especially with like the social media, sounds like, oh, sign up to my course, do this. It, there's something that it just makes people do yeah, it. It's, it's, um, not, it's not I like think, a, it doesn't feel yeah, ultimately everyone has the opportunity to charge for their time and effort putting inside. But, um, but come on, money, money you have to make, you know what I mean? Money you have to make. No, 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 no. My, my, that's, that's yeah. what, so you, the thing so is about you courses, make a course. People like, were searching. About, uh, that's what I mean about the industry. <laughs> yeah. how, how do they know what they're searching for? That's the issue with online people. Like, how do I know what I'm searching for? Yeah. As a youth, you're not even aware of it. So that's what I mean. If you're able to go to your local community center or your local mosque, do all the introduction. Yeah. How do they? Because if, if, if I'm going for a course, I'm searching for it because I want to know more about that course. But let's say I'm not even aware yeah. of it. I'm, I'm blind to it. Exactly. I feel like probably, probably I feel like yeah, I feel like what we like in our community right now, we like leaders. Like a lot of these kids don't know what to look up to. And I mean we do have a lot of YouTubers, celebrities and stuff, but we can't relate to them. We need ladies in our community. And what's if you just especially about going to mosque? There you can actually meet grown people that can actually mentor you, guide you, coach you. These are grown men that have life experience. So what we need are places where kids can go to and talk to someone. I feel like mosque, like you said, is a great place as well. We just I feel like what we like right now are leaders. Like visible leaders, yeah. Maybe it's like online, online like mentorship. Um, yeah, for, for for young kids. Um, hundred percent. There's stuff out there, hundred million percent. But again, like when you're fifteen, sixteen, 
googling mentorships and stuff unless you're very dedicated is very unlikely so it's so it's, it's 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 i think the main thing point is i think Ruan mentioned it being from the same area and the same background and the same upbringing as that kid holds a lot of value for that kid it's easy for it's easy for me to stand here and say blah 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 man does this blah 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 and the kid can look at me like yeah but you're, you you're from them sides or you're from there no, I'm actually from here and I've done this and actually I went to the same school as you. That holds a lot of value because they're like, oh, rah, okay. Tell me more. You are not, that's it, it's emphasis, what is it? Emphasis, what they can emphasize. Makes it more relevant. But yeah, man, it's, um, it's a tough one, man. Uh, hopefully we all have the opportunity to, to, to inspire a couple of people to do what I think. Yeah. Um, also, so basically, the, <laughs> this is so random, but the other day I was on YouTube and you know where you just, um, like just listen to music and stuff and then you just, your suggestions just you just click on like a random suggestion and it took me down this like rabbit hole of listening to like song from like 2000 you know like yeah, the song that came out yeah, terrible yeah. like that's a um, Cruz. Or the Bauer, wow. Teo Cruz all of those <laughs> you know <laughs> I just yeah, I just yeah, yeah, is it UK is it UK no, is that, you have to, I have to throw some UK you know, it's like big what's that what's that like, big brother mystique Liberty X, you know all of these, all of these, all these guys, and then and then so I happened. So I listened to this song that like I was going through the comments, and then I was just realizing that um, a lot, I've seen this this trend of like a lot of people saying our oh, music was good back then, or this was amazing. The the youths of today will never know what good music feels like, and then they compare it to like little pumps and all this new new songs. I just want to understand your your view on that, like in terms of like music back then. And music now, because I do feel like it's a nostalgic thing. I mean, I like all, I like all the music. Uh, Ruan, what, what do you music think? Playlist, so. Yeah, that's a, that's a dynamite. Yeah, I don't listen like, to where I was back then. I still listen to all the music. I mean, I like all the music. You know what I mean? So to me, it's never like just nostalgia. It's just yeah. something to listen to. Because new music right now is just. Okay, Jaru has collabed with Ashanti to make some kind of melodic song about love. Okay, Jaru on a bass example, like, okay, Neo. Yeah. Like, let me just ask, let me, okay, Neo back then. If, if you listen to Neo bumping out, like, so sick, I'm so sick of love song, your, your feelings. So listen to Marvin Gaye saying, let's get on. And they're like, big man, this is proper music. It's more, he had more meaning to it. It's more melodic. We're listening to this Neo now. He's just with his... That's, that's them, minute. That's what they know. That's what they, that's what they've known. Let them listen to it. Car. Yeah. A lot of uh, like, like I think we started the conversation with nostalgia is a very important factor. Then, man, you're, when you're when you're listening to uh, Neo So Sick or, or Ja Rule, yeah. whatever it might be, the old school songs, it reminds you of a time where you had to go online, where download it, it creates a sense of feeling for you. Oh yeah, you get a virus, isn't it? <laughs> and that's why, and it holds value because that's you liked at that point in time. Yeah. But you know, this, these uh, I don't like when people, yeah, like these old school hip hop dons and all this stuff, yeah. Why you that? Like, People enjoy what they want to enjoy. Music is music. You know what yeah, I mean? Everyone has their expressive creativity from it's, it's, there's music that comes out these these days that are much better than came out in the past and vice versa. It, it flips and moves. I wanted to say on that point, you both actually made really good points about it. Um as in like, yeah, Suvi said is the is the nostalgic thing and um Ruman said it's, it's a generational thing. Yeah, music is just music, but the nostalgic thing is very powerful and i think that's what fuels people's comments so when they're listening to like a ryan leslie or like a jordan sparks they'll be like it, it will literally take them back to that moment whatever age they were in their teen years or or whenever and then they're obviously going to compare it to like uh, a little yachty song from now but then they're not appreciating that it's time to change and there's more about m- melodies and beat selection 
back then even though these are different genres i'm just talking about music in general like it's just not the same and i think back then r&b and like love songs were like quite prolific everyone just wanted to fall in love and that yeah i don't know what's going on (laughs) now people just want to listen to future and take percocets times have changed it's it's, it's a different (laughs) um we're just drawn towards that and it's what is working but you're like I can guarantee you now. I don't know what's gonna happen in like ten years. Imagine when people were saying, I, "I'm when you might listen to all this rubbish." I remember when I was just taking Merleys and Percocets, and, and people are gonna be saying this yeah. in the future. Like they're gonna be comparing the next generation music to what we listen to now. It's always good. It's always gonna be a thing. But um, yeah, I just find that is that thing interesting. But I think is is fueled by nostalgia, like heavily. Like every every song I listen to takes you back to like a moment or like a time. Um, it's just people enjoy it. Um, I think there's too many people out here trying yeah, to release what people can and can't enjoy somehow people like to sit on the high horse and say man the rap last year or, or 20 years ago was so much better than the rap this year fuck off man you know what I mean let man enjoy the rap man exactly it's, it's going to evolve it's going to evolve like, it'll be interesting to see what happens next and on that note of money of money, I was going to say um, how much money do you not think you need to make to be happy because I saw this the other day I just wanted to know I'm seeing for you first when I, was, I remember I was having this conversation with my or my other guy because he was like started uni together and I remember looking at him and I was like hey fam you know what my parents and my mum never been on like them she's never on a salary job and now I was like I'll be comfy on a salary job fam like six figures or even or even I'll be happy on a 50, 60, 70 grand a year job fam I'll be comfy and that's my life I'm happy and then life moves on and yeah. then you and then you realise that actually no matter how far you go fam you're going to be you can get to six figures and still be surrounded by people that that wealthier than you, and you and you keep chasing it. And 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 like I said, from when I was when I was I can say this when I was what was it like two thousand and maybe two thousand twelve, two thousand eleven. I was like, yeah, cool. I'll be happy on fifty bags a year, sixty bags a year, comfy. You get there, and then you forget about you forget about all the stuff I used to pray for, and you're just looking for the next thing. And that's why I can never be happy, fam, because I would have prayed for this. To be right, to be here right now, I would pray for this ten times over five years ago. And you know what I mean? So that's that's why that's why I can never tie it to value, man. That's exactly what happened if man get ten mil, fifteen mil, twenty mil. But yeah, back in the day, I used to just want like a salary job, fam. I was a normal guy, but I just wanted to wear a nice suit and get a salary job. That's my that was my ambition. And also, what you said as well, I feel like when you tie your happiness to money, you'd never be happy because mm. it would never be enough. Mm. It's true, man. Like so. Like, what about you? What about you, Kai? What, what about you? What about you? Yeah, no, I I should have seen something. As everyone always said, this is like kind of layer complex thing. That's I think I want. I just I did have that for um a while. Probably because of the exposure to all of these so called like motivational role models that we all had at that time. Um, that puts that kind of frame in your head. But then frame of mind in your head. But then you do realize. Um, and actually, I saw. Um, I think it was Gary Vee to speak about. It. He says he has friends that make they made like seventy k or hundred care yeah and they're more happy than his friends making 12 million they said they have more better life like a better uh yeah work-life balance just happy in general mm. compared to friends making I mean, so even just stuff like that like, this is stuff is quotable um she's like you just understand it doesn't really matter like how much you make because of and there's also there was a study i think it was in america they said um after you earn over a certain amount your life doesn't really change as in in terms of like your happiness doesn't really go up you can have more stuff you can you can you can get more cars, get more stuff. But in terms of like being comfortable and not really worry about money, I think this is about 50 to 70K. When you get, you start earning over that, 
nothing really goes up for you because all you, the things you want right now is almost like extras if that makes sense like you want a bigger house you want this but in terms of your bare necessities looking after a lot of things you've kind of that's almost like the threshold to look after mm-hmm. all of that but obviously this is not taken into fact that people have like big families but this is just in general so there's a, there's no certain amount of money you can make so you think when i get this next level i'm going to be able to be more happy it's always it's having experiences just there, there was even um a guy, I think it's from Harvard, this is called, his name is Robert Wardinger. He did a study of like 724 uh, men and their spouses and children, like along their lifespan. And just to see that in terms of like chasing money, hustling, like this is linked back to the hustle culture topic, topic um, to seeing if that would make them happy. And overall, we saw that majority of them were more happy once they just actually prioritized their friends and families and their relationships rather than hustling, trying to get more money, trying to do all of this. Um, and, and yeah, so that's just like, that's, that's something they've all going to link it back to like studies and get something like quant, quotable, um, quantifiable as well. That's the study that shows you, um, yeah, it's, we, it's like, we all kind of become aware of that, but it takes a while to get I to mean, know that you actually will be happy sometimes. On that, if you just on that note as well, some people are very adequate to cherish that where they need to so, yeah. work to feel happy. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I thought a lot of people need to actually do something to feel happy. So we can just chew and, and be, so we can just spend time with family and friends and be happy. Or some people they need to actually be working to feel they have a purpose in life. Oh, yeah, so yeah, this is also the purpose. So some people just want to be working, and just that way that's what they define their purpose: working and making money. And it all ties to the actual dominant hierarchy as well. Because a lot of people do it thinking if I'm very successful, there's a better chance that I can get with a better woman and just look better in the society we live in. So there's those little connotations that are tied to bigger things where. Not everyone, I mean, someone can just chill and be okay with life. For some people need to work hard, make a lot of money, be the best in that field, so to feel fulfilled and be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's just tight. That's not even about, that's also money, but that's just, it's going to be the best in what they do as well at the same time. It's not, some people don't even care about the money, they just want to be the best in their company or be the best in whatever they do. Mm-hmm. So the actual personality yeah. trait is about going after their goals and getting it and it's always it's not it's always a dark side to that and that's that not having time for people they love and, but, but in that own vision everything they do is what they love so they don't see it as a dark side if you if, you, if, you, if i'm working hard i can come my family but yeah. even though they're not spending time with the family they yeah, can was, justify that like, like, family. I was, I was, I was, I remember I was, in a, I was a bit of a circle where i kept i was very goal orientated so every time you hit the goal for me it was like what's the next one without without putting the time aside to actually celebrate the goal that you achieved and yeah. and the more I analyze that situation, the more uh, the more important it was yeah. to actually celebrate that car. What happens is you can never feel satisfied, man. You can never feel satisfied if you just keep chasing the goal. Um, so you have to take time out, celebrate it, and celebrate with people that you that, that you care about. Um, and I think it's what this lockdown thing has done, man. Because a lot of us have been very busy for for well, if you're with your family, and a lot of people have been busy prior to that. Where uh, for me, even for me, like little sister, mom, etc you've been able to spend more time with them. So you know how we started the conversation about how, uh, what's the, what, what have you been spending your time doing? What, what productivity, what's your productivity like? Fam, I found productivity in family. I mean, spend more time with you, with, with, with my family and that, it's, it's, it's the perfect outcome. That's true. And there's a quote that actually summarizes both, that kind of embodies actually what both of you just said. And it's by Clayton M. Christensen, mm. who's the author of um, a quiet, good book called Innovator's Dilemma. 
he said basically people who are driven to excel have this unconscious propensity propensity to underinvest in their families and overinvest in their careers, even though intimate and loving mm. relationships with their families are the most powerful and enduring source of happiness. So sometimes you are conscious of that, but is life life sometimes may wake them up. For example, if you're working all the time and not really concentrating on other things or looking after their health or getting much sleep, then you may fall ill or fall sick. And there's been stories of that. So sometimes you may not even necessarily need to be reminded by someone that's telling you you're, you're, yeah, you will remind yourself. Like life will remind you to take a break or take a slow. Or no, 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 for family, you may literally like lose your life if you don't take better care of yourself. Because that, that's what comes with just like always working, working, and never like you're just looking, looking up. Just always put your head down and working, so you can be reminded by other things. So, so it was like capitalism has programmed, has programmed, programmed us to conflate our self worth with our productivity. So, so, so people they tend to work hard to feel they're worthy enough, but so. When you're working out, there's a chance you can pass out from just overworking yourself. So I feel like the, the what we need to do now is just find a balance of okay, we can work hard, but we need to find a, need to find a, another form of letting loose and just escaping. I think that's why a lot of people travel actually because they don't have a balance. Of know, people about. be doing promethazine, brother. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. So we're coming to the end of the pot now, and I just wanted to ask you. Um, What's in your current like uh, music rotation? Like, what are you currently listening to? You know, what? I've been um, can't lie, I've been heavy on the podcast recently. But music wise, uh, I've been listening to Tedness new tape, April, yeah. Sh- April Showers Free. He's got um. What song would your outtakes from there? I got one banger in there with um, you know Louis from Western. You know Western Louis, the rapper. Oh yeah, he's doing solo tracks now. Fam, he's got a feature with him, yeah. It's called A for N, yeah. All for nothing. Banger. Back to back, they go back to back. Oh, I like, I like, I like one of those. Yeah, right. so that's that's really what I'm doing at the moment. Any other tracks on there, though? Or like any other songs? You know what? The whole tape is, is, is the third one of his of his uh, April Showers um, like trilogy thing, and it's, it's probably the best one. There's another one called Nipsey on the Landing, which is, which is good. There's a lot of good beats. Just a lot of good rap, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can't lie, there's one called Toxic Masculinity. Oh my that one stands up. Future in future. <laughs> That's a banger as well. Um, what else am I listening to, man? I'm just what else am I listening to? A couple wheel of young Steph. I just wheel a lot back when young Teflon. Yeah, um, and and that's in like your you know like this week or month. You know, sometimes you go through like a time where you just repeating one album. That's what you've been currently listening to all the time. I was listening to Oscar Wilde piece. Oscar Wilde piece got a new album. Um, I haven't heard of them. Sporadic, uh, really good. But he's part of that. He's part of that. Collective with um, Benji and who's that uh, Rags Original. Uh, is there any freedom? No, so he's, it's the, he's on his own, but he, he he does a lot of song with them, man. And I think they're part of like like a, a House of Pharaohs kind of yeah, collective. Yeah, type of thing. Yeah, something like that. But they're good, man. They're really good. Oscar Wilde is one of my favorite UK artists, actually. Um, he he works a lot with you know Mike Skinner from the streets. Yeah, oh raw him. Yeah, yeah, a time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he does a lot of music with him. Um, yeah, that guy's he's like. He's got songs with um on the album. He's got Nux on the, on the album. He's got Kodiata. He's got Etta Bond. He's got Sam Wise. He's got better people on the album. Man, I just listen to that. Ruben, what have you been listening to? What's your current rotation? Mm, I, I mean, I have this playlist I've been listening to, and my current rotation is a car called Deontay Hitchcock, and I just I just find him out on Spotify. Another guy called Rex. Live Raj, I don't know if you've heard of him. 
another bit, yeah. another bit of someone else called John Rain. But it's, but there's a UK artist called A2. Do you ever? I don't know. Oh. It's not. Yeah, A2, A2, man. I, I like that yeah. song with A2 and Octavian. I can't remember how it goes, but that's one of the songs I remember. Oh, A2, my, A2, yeah, A2, A2 is my favorite favorite UK artist of all time. So I mean, listen yeah. to that right now. I mean, the song I've been listening to from A2 is called Gold. Oh. I'm not big on the every rap, but it's they're yeah, just very slow and very different. But, oh, yeah. That is that is that song there, yeah, when you're listening to it on the weekends. Yeah, oh, it bangs. God, it's banging. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a lot. It's a lot artistic perfection. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good song. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know it was a UK artist until I went to his album. I'm like, yeah, this guy's actually kind of sick, you know. But oh, I just, I just had like, gold on with it. Artist, like if you go through his um his uh, SoundCloud, his his mm. discography, yeah, it's every single song untouchable. Mad. And well. there's a guy called I listen to called Ben in the Butcher. He's good as well, but he's a, a, yeah, no, he's American. Oh, okay. I listen to music from everywhere, man. My, my music is very diverse. It's very diverse, honestly. It's oh, what yeah. I like. It's what sounds good to my ears. <laughs> it's the vibe. But, I, but I'm not gonna lie, though. You, I feel like you brought me on with Octavian, you know, and Sam Oil Air as well. It was you? I mean, is it? No, it was Nano. No, it's always ink. That was super. I remember when they came to Wembley once, and I was just late paying. I was like, "Yo, this place is sick." Yeah, actually, I, I think so. If you brought me on air, air ink as well, I, like, I remember. I think it was that. Oh, what's that song? It's like upbeat. Uh, it, was, it had like a yellow hungry. The tape called Hungry. That was it. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, ink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I don't. Nana, Nana, I know. So you brought me or brought. You definitely brought me into Aero Inc. And then Nana brought us into Octavian. This was early. This is when Octavian only had party, party hair. I thought it was party. Which party? I thought like it was a night when we had it with Octavian. I think it was like oh, I think... the ground club and it was a pop woman there as well. And this is before we became Octavian. We just, yeah. That sounds familiar. I can't remember. I do them times. It's probably somewhere. What's that? What? Is it Darston Junction? It's probably there, there somewhere. That's what they were saying there. Was it like I can't remember what the club is actually called? I think it was called something. Birthday party or something like that. Birthdays, birthdays, birthdays. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember properly. Yeah, good. Like, yeah, I've been listening to like what well, I I listen to a lot, but I'm just gonna I've listened to that obviously like, Young Bane's tape, Drake's tape, but that came out a while ago. I'm hearing, but I'm hearing, yeah, on that Young Bane tape. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone through it yet. I yeah, miss a lot. I miss a lot of music during Ramadan, but um, I'm hearing on that Young Bane tape. Yeah, G Fresh has come back with a verse. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, G Fresh, it was good. Yeah, I would like like. I was like, I was like, this is why, this is why he did. You know, you just don't understand why someone can, why someone raps. You get, it. I'm like, I get, it. I get. It. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, because I still correlate his, his sound to like back then. I, I know it's mad, but it's like, I don't hear because obviously he's doing the management right now. But you know, when someone does something, they do it justice. I'm like, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. Like, it, it makes sense why he did it. It wasn't, it didn't feel out of place. It didn't feel. Oh, it was just, it just reminds me why G, G Fresh is G Fresh. That's what I got to say about it. But it was, it was nice and refreshing to hear him on. That's on cool. the tape, yeah. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm hearing two fresh verse. I've got to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. It's, but man, it's refreshing. One of the things like raw, like man, it's basically like man still got it. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the vibe that it gave me. Undeniable. Um, so I've listened to just some French artists like Giko, Green Montana, and um, Gianni, as well as like, obviously Bubo and LMB. I don't know what I mean. It's like sometimes I just like you don't just like go down a bubble with into like a certain type of genre. And I, like recently, just been um a lot of French trap. And um, like a sprinkled in between that is like uh, Gunner's new tape called Wanna. I've listened to that. Really there's some good vibes in there. I'm still trying to get through Future's <laughs> album, but I keep getting distracted listening to other things, but I'll get through that because it's so long. 
and I'm not really getting caught up. Um, and another artist, I don't know where he's from, but his name is Rini, and he's more soulful. Like he's got good songs like "Meet Me in Amsterdam" and "Aphrodite," and my favorite clothes. But um, yeah, I think next time John will do, I'm gonna get people to pick three because there's too <laughs> there's too many. So I'm like, just tell me your top three in your rotation, just to keep it concise. And you're but um, there's a the, the people we know podcasts are becoming other podcasts I'm into at the moment. Obviously, number one is Faith Podcast, you know, guys. That's number obviously. one. Obviously. Number one. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, obviously, you, you, you know, I like the fact you're aware of that. You know what I mean? Even just, um, yeah. A lot of people are being initiated, like, very innovative, innovative with their podcasts and that. Like, a lot of these, um, there's one I listen to, a football podcast called Touchline Frackers. Yeah. Okay. They're doing some great content at the moment. They're doing, like, it's, it's football-based and they're doing stuff like like drafts, like football drafts and, quiz, and, and, okay. and like, a quiz, football-based quiz. And it's very like yeah, yeah, it's very good, man. Very. Detailed. And they're blending it into the content. Yeah, and it's it's just it's just a good way of doing it. But podcasts yeah, like are, are, are slapping at the moment. Yes, yeah, that's why we've got to step up. Let's talk about podcasts as well, like Joe Rogan podcasts as well. Like, word onto that guy, man. Like, guess on a hundred million deal with Spotify. Like, props to him. So yeah, madness. And if, if, the reason why actually I think Ray War is doing it because YouTube now. You can't really say what you want without them to, to play your video, but on Spotify you can basically say whatever you want, where you can and people still appreciate your content. So respect to him. They're literally so. building. I've been saying they, they need to do this for ages. I remember when I first started using Spotify properly, I was like, why? Do you know be calm if I could just if I can just watch um the music videos for some of these? Because I'm, I'm so I love my music videos, right? So sometimes I listen to songs, especially like when I'm when I have times of like communion, I, I would just like to listen to the music video at the same time. But I heard they're literally building a video kind of part to the... They already have videos in there, but they're building a proper video part just for him mm-hmm. on the app. So in a, in a year or two, once we get the convenience of a lot of people already using um, Spotify, and if they embed music into people stop putting their music videos in there and podcasts, stuff like that, they're, they're going to take a lot of market share. They're going to be popular. Like, I can Apple needs to step up. Apple, YouTube, Apple Music, uh, YouTube. Um, who else is there a major player in this game? Can't even think of them right now, but they only did. Yeah, never did they're that big of a player. But you know, what I mean, any all, all the, everyone, any platform that Joe Rogan is taking his podcast off, he's a step up. But it's oh, just it's you know, only, the benefit of it. Hmm? It was only on YouTube before. It was just on YouTube. It's also on Apple Music though. They said this is taking his podcast off every platform now. It was it, never it, on any platform to begin with. Are you sure? The only platform was on was on YouTube. So I thought it was making, I thought it was, yeah the audio and other um no, platforms as well. So the audio was only on. The only we could find it was Google and YouTube because you Google was YouTube. Oh, okay, I didn't know it was. I, I thought it was another pod, another platform. No, as well. that's why it's, as it's before we couldn't find him on anything else. I mean, honestly, everyone's that's why a lot of people like that's why that shares went up because his content went up to just Spotify because everyone wants content on actual Spotify or just any player where you can just play remotely about going on YouTube. So he took his content off YouTube or just exclusively to just Spotify. Before it was just on YouTube. Before you can only watch his content, can't listen to it unless you have YouTube player. But it was just exclusive to YouTube and Google. But yeah. 100 mil though. I, yeah, I think like 100 mil, mil is a three year is a three year deal as well. That's not like that's a very good hundred mil. Just a three year deal. And that's going to start in the beginning of 2021, so like January next year. He's going to move everything over, all this content mm-hmm. from YouTube onto. But before we go, though, I've always, I always, I'm asking for this question now. So, 
This yeah. question is, if you can go back, because you, you're not going to answer this anymore, so that's funny. But Sufi, if, if you can go back to five years ago, is there anything you can change, or are you happy with just every decision you've made for the last five years? Um, five years ago, man, I just graduated. Yeah, you know what? Nah, man, I went, I'm honestly, hindsight is an easy thing, in it? But for me, nah, nothing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for... <laughs> Did you say hand sanitizer? Hand hide sites. Oh, that was that real? Okay, Hand is a good thing, man. We can always look back and say, yeah, it's easy to do this. But you know what? It's calm, man. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for everything I've done, man. And like really, that. maybe and what else is there? Nah, nothing, man. Your boy is calm. It's just calm. Maybe now nah, you know what? Maybe you grew up too quick. That's one of my things I always say, man. Maybe I grew up a bit too quick. What do you mean? You're not going to it. That's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no. Just um, like work-wise, I just went. Uh, it's a normal journey, but uh, I kind of just went straight into it, and and kind of just like I said, the, the aspect of um, being so focused on goals and, and and money for 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 two three year period, um, made me grow up really quickly in terms of leaving a lot of people in terms of friends wise behind and not you know enjoying certain things because I was so focused on doing something else. <clears throat> but now it's um and and I look back on that at that point I'm like yeah yeah maybe I could have slowed down there and joined out gone to that team cause that but like I said hindsight it's quite easy to say but but that's that's, that's probably the only thing man well what, what what's your answer oh no well actually so when it comes to this you can answer this but I haven't answered this anymore so I answered the last podcast <laughs> so I mean, come now this is the last podcast Sam <laughs> my, my answer <laughs> is. <laughs> I, I mean, I always say I wish what I wish I know what I wish I know. I wish I what's not. I wish I knew better back then. It's from what I know now, but I'm not just part of growth in general, so I can't really judge my previous self when I know any better or put myself in a better position sometimes. But I just come with growth, so I don't have any regret because in those in those last five years, I've learned quite a lot about myself and about just life in general. I'm mean, still got a lot to learn, but I've, I've done a lot of learning in the last few years, so. Do you, like, back, do, you like, um, do, do, you like, do you like the person you're becoming? I think that's the main thing, isn't it? Do you, do you yeah, I do like the person I'm becoming because I feel like deep, I feel like deep down we all know who we are, and it's just mm-hmm. about reaching to that, that into that into that part of us and fully realizing our full power and our full potential. And it's always it's a job. It's a I mean it's a it's not easy, but it's life, isn't it? Like if if if, if something's easy, everyone would do it. So it's Absolutely. about I mean there's a, there's a same there's a same Africa. Um, everyone is saying they like the first battle you fight isn't always with the people; it's always with your mind. So if you can, mm. if you can deeply, if you can control your mind and your thoughts, and then that's the that's the first war you've won. And you mm. can just face the world, but if you battle with yourself and your mind and your ego, you still got a long way to go. So it's just mm. a lot of self development, man, and it's a it's a process. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But yeah, man, thank you, though, thank you. Anything else we're trying to anything else we need to talk chat upon? Because it's getting kind of late right now. Um, no. No, just thanks for the it's been a good conversation, man. And time's flowing in it. So, you know, that always means nice having a good time. So thank you very much. It's been No, uh, thanks for no, thank you for coming though. We really appreciate it. You know, it's been a minute. We've gone through this quarantine, I hope we'll get through it. But yeah, bro, thank you for coming though. We really, we really appreciate it. And more life to you for just being open. Yeah, bro. Coming on. More life. <laughs> anyway, right. we out, baby.